Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Hey, this is Sharks Across Hollywood. I'm Andrew and my heteropod mate all the way over, I think he's across a river or some shit. Yep. The Reverend Samuel Mance on the other side of town because we don't want to kill each other. With with disease, not because we like hate each other or anything and can't be in the same room or anything. I don't know, man. Uh, After this movie, I may not be able to be in the same room with you. So there's the first question. So we talked about Warriors of Virtue. I mean, we watched Warriors of Virtue and we're going to talk about it here soon. And uh, apparently you did not enjoy this movie. No, I did not. I kind of feel like you must have uh, been getting revenge for something and whatever it is as far as i'm concerned we're square i don't think i would enjoy this movie at all were it not for the nostalgia of it all because i got this when it came out on vhs okay yeah and you were how old in 1997 i was like, 10 so yeah okay it was made for me yeah this is uh this is making more and more sense as we talk about it so warriors of virtue came out in 1997 it was directed by ronnie Yu. did you look up his imdb i did not uh all what right. else has ronnie Yu done check this out so he's a hong kong director so he started out making it looks like Chinese dramas in Hong Kong but then he moved on to kind of do a couple weird horror movies one called The Trail about a game of o- a gang of opium smugglers disguised as Taoist priests Taoist I think they're transporting hopping corpses because vampires and zombies in Chinese lore they fucking hop up and down like weirdos right of course but then they have to transport a real dead body to its final resting place and that is a that is on my watch list because that sounds awesome I could give that a shot he did a movie called Legacy of Rage with I think that's the one with yeah Brandon Lee in 1986. Okay, I'm in. Okay, so let's just let's just jump right ahead here. 1997, Warriors of Virtue was his first American movie. Jump to 1998. This is where it starts to get fucking weird. Well, okay, it got weird already. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, but knowing that started to knowing that he was an actual honk of filmmaker from Hong Kong, the flow and the look of Warriors of Virtue actually makes a lot more sense. Certain elements of it do, yeah. but I'm sorry, like the whole last quarter of the movie is done in that janky half speed look, and that makes no fucking sense to me. Uh, no, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely talk about that. But uh, in 1998, you know what he directed? I have no idea. Bride of Chucky. <laughs> So he's got two special places in your heart, huh? <laughs> we we skip a few years. He made a movie called Formula 51 uh, with oh, Samuel yeah. L. Jackson. Yeah, I remember watching that one. Uh, and the guy who plays Rumpelstiltskin in Once Upon a Time. Yes, it is. Uh, his name is Robert Carlyle. I think of him as... John Lennon in that crappy Beatles movie that uh, the train spotting guy made? No, I can't remember the character's name. It's not coming to me, but the cannibal from Ravenous. Oh, okay. So I... God damn it. I need to watch that fucking movie. Yes, I, you do. I, I I bought it. Telling I, you. I have it over there. It's looking. Guy Pierce is literally peeking out between two pieces of wood on my fucking DVD on my <laughs> Blu-ray shelf. I can see his face. He is staring at me. I'm serious. It's awesome. Cut to a couple years later. Well, five years after Bride of Chucky. Couple years after Formula 51. This makes a lot of sense when you see Bride of Chucky and then you see this movie, Freddy versus Jason. Oh no shit. Now thinking back on it, I'm like, huh? Yeah, you're right. There is no way that two different people directed those movies, Bride of Chucky and Freddy versus Jason. I'm I'm looking. I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, they they're not the same. 
same movie, but like you can definitely tell there's well, there's some overlap there. I can't give an authoritative word on that because I have never seen Bride of Chucky. Oh, and although I have technically seen Freddy versus Jason, I was so hammered that I literally <laughs> don't remember anything. I've seen Bride of Chucky several times. I've seen uh, Freddy versus Jason a few times. I saw it in the theater when it came out. Yeah, I figured you'd seen Bride <laughs> of Chucky quite a few times. I'm a fan. I can't help it. Then Ronnie, you went back to his roots and did a movie called Fearless with Jet Li in 2006. Oh, I have heard of that one. Yeah, he did a he did an episode of a TV show called Fear Itself, and then Saving General Yang, another Hong Kong epic history film, I guess. Hmm. And, and then he has an upcoming project. It's called The Untitled Ronnie Yu Project. So I don't know what the fuck, but but that's Ronnie Yu. So knowing his origins kind of makes a lot of this make sense more to me, at least. I don't know, man. The biggest problem for me was not the directing entirely. It, well, okay, let me let me rephrase that. The biggest problem for me was not the directing, although it's a problem. <laughs> the biggest problem for me was by far the writing, which was absolutely some of the worst writing I've ever seen. This movie has what may be the most nonsensical line I've ever heard. I It's so bad that I had to write it down. Tell me now. I need I need to know cuz I I can't I can't cliffhang that one. I'm very curious. I wrote down that it's the most nonsensical line I've ever heard that wasn't spoken by Donald Trump. <laughs> Komodo says and the, this the, these are some of the first words Komodo <laughs> says. He says, "An open wound infects like a disease and spreads like an infection." <laughs> That makes no goddamn sense. It sounds right in terms of the cadence, and I think that's why they thought they could get away with it, because the cadence of it sounds very Yoda, you know? <laughs> it sounds like something a wise man, or maybe a wise madman, which he's kind of trying to play in this movie, would say. But if you think <laughs> about what those words actually mean, it's fucking nonsensical. It's bananas. An open wound. First off, who the fuck is referencing an open wound? He's talking to a guy who just fucked up you know, grabbing a kid, he or he fucked up a, a spy mission. That's what he's talking to. He's talking to a guy who fucked up a spy mission, and he tells him, an open wound infects like a disease and spreads like an infection. Open wounds spread? Like, what kind of creepy, weird shit are you doing to your open wounds that making them spread like an infection? Like, this, this statement is just fucking ridiculous. I, all right, <laughs> rant over. That's funny, because Komodo is fucking ridiculous and we'll we'll talk a lot about him but i just realized i looked up because i was curious who the actual writer of the screenplay was it's a guy named michael vickerman who wrote a bunch of stuff that i don't think i've ever heard of but in 2002 he was actually the director of are you ready for this did i don't know if you knew this drum roll please he there there's a sequel to this movie <laughs> <laughs> what yeah like very there's a warriors of virtue part two yes it's called warriors of virtue return to tau i actually own a copy of this but it was on one of those one of those like five dollar there's like 20 movies on this kind of thing oh yeah yeah because and that's why i bought it because i'm like oh fuck i, I really want to watch it i'm very curious yeah i think you fucked with me enough at this point no and honestly. you know you, the weirdest part about that movie is that it has ryan and chucky are both in it but all of a sudden ryan's leg is fixed they do make mention it they mention that his leg is okay for some reason and i can't remember why because it's been a long time since i've seen it but they're both learning like martial arts and they can kick ass now <laughs> and they didn't have the budget for the the rue costumes so they they worked in a curse that the ruse are under where they got turned into humans oh wow just 
just wow. That's a sign of how fucked up it is that they had to invent an explanation for why the warriors of virtue became human. And yet they never fucking explain why they're kangaroos. <laughs> like why the first time he's like, well, what do they look like? And she's bubble like, boy girl, whatever the fuck her name she's is. She's like, they're ruse as if that's supposed to make any sense to him. He doesn't and question then it. Fucking dissolve to the next scene so we can avoid the obvious next question, which is fucking why? Why are they ruse? Do me a favor because I think you're going to be doing a lot of yelling during this episode. Turn your microphone down a little bit. You're, you're, you want me to just back off a little? <laughs> you're crackling. <laughs> okay, sorry. I just, I'm so flabbergasted by this film. Like, I don't, I can't contain myself. I'm just like, what the fuck? Oh, okay, okay, sorry. And that's sorry. funny because I, I appreciate it more now than I did when I was a kid, I think. I'm excited when you hate a movie this much. Um, <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad I could do this for you then. <laughs> like like when we did XX and I just couldn't fucking be bothered. I didn't even care. I just, just like, can we just move on? Shit happens and fucking bleh. <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 no. This is my distaste for this movie is not ambivalent. I am aggressively angry at this movie. Um, and I think there's a couple good things in it, but we'll get there. There are. We'll there are. I'm look, it's this really should have been a shitless selection. Like, because it would have been one of those situations where it's like, okay, find five good things to say about it. And I would have struggled to come up with five, but there are a couple of things that I can say about it that are good. Well, we're going to, we're going to break it down here and then you'll be able to scene by scene, just pick out all the shit that you don't like and give me, <laughs> and tell me the, tell me the three or four things that you can think of that are actually good. All right. I will endeavor to not just be a wellspring <laughs> of negativity or a life spring, if you will. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, all right. So we open on the one of the most cryptic opening narrations I've ever seen in my life. It's just he it's it's Master Chung, I guess. He remembers a world with no wars and no warriors. And then I said he the anal beads break. They're <laughs> they're like Buddhist prayer beads, I know, or a rosary or something. Who the fuck is this guy? That's Master Chung. I know him from stuff. No, oh. that's the thing. Like, I know him from something, but I can't fucking figure out what. You know him I... from something very specific. I know exactly what you know him from. At least one of the things. Uh, he's Uncle Chu in Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, he's in he's in Dragon, a Bruce Lee story. He plays one of the elders that I imagine just tells Bruce Lee to stop doing stuff. You know, the tragic thing about that movie is I've seen it a bunch of times, but I saw it a bunch of times in a row back in, like, 1997 or 96, whatever it was. So... <laughs> I don't actually remember almost anything about it. Uh, I watched it pretty recently, actually. It's an okay action movie, and it's completely full of shit. Oh, I have no doubt that it's completely full of shit. Much like Bruce Lee, who was also completely full of shit. <laughs> he was he was really good, but he was a douche. Like, like how he died is completely left out. Like, you know, he died at his fucking mistress's house. No shit. Yeah. Oh, I was it, not aware of that. It wasn't like, it, I don't think it was an illegal drug overdose, though. He apparently had an allergic reaction to some pain medication because Bruce Lee thought he was doing all this badass stuff to be super healthy, but I don't think he really was ever. <laughs> Well, it was the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah, that is true. Uh, he, yeah. I don't know if he actually had his sweat glands removed, but... They had, you know, uh, shit, what's her name? Elaine, is it Elaine Newman from Sat from the first season of Saturday Night Live? I think it was Elaine Newman. I, I'm going to feel so shitty if I got that wrong, because that first season cast is like, you know, comedy royalty, and I love all of them. But I cannot confirm or deny that 
you are correct or not. But anyway, in the book Live from New York, she said, you know, the thing is back then we didn't realize that people died from drug overdoses. We just thought you got high. Like it took like Belushi's death and then like a string of famous deaths for us to realize that that actually was something that really could happen to just anybody if you weren't careful. That is an interesting way to look at it. I wouldn't have even. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, he may have just been one of those, you know, naive drug users who was just like, oh, no, it, you know, everybody uses it. So it's obviously fine. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I never heard anything about hard drugs. I know he smoked a lot of weed, though. That doesn't surprise me at all. No, uh, mostly for his back pain because he really did break his back. Oh, yeah. Mm. And he had um, was it migraines. I think he had migraines also. So he was <laughs> he was operating with some not so fun stuff. That's probably why they like they like to say he died under mysterious circumstances. Yeah, it was he was just really physically just kind of a bitch on the inside. It's like everybody was like, well, we don't know what the exact drug cocktail was. <laughs> but let's just say it was an aneurysm. There you go. <laughs> Um, all right. How so, the fuck did we get on Bruce? Oh, that's right. Because this guy was in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Yeah. And now he's in Warriors of Virtue. What a step down. This does not have yes. Jason Scott he, Lee, who I love, by the way. He was in Big Trouble in Little China, <laughs> Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, and Warriors of Virtue. Big Trouble, Little one China. One of these things Again, one of like my, the other. Yeah, one of my all-time favorite movies. This is not one of my favorite movies, by the way. I love nostalgia, and I like watching stuff when I was a kid, from when I was a kid. Even as a kid, I thought this movie was weird as fuck, though. You gotta be, like, glad you watched something so fucking nuts, though. Like, this movie's wacky as shit. It makes no sense. It's fucking weird. And it's one of those things you tell your kids about, yeah, I think and they don't believe you. I watched it the first time with my oldest son, and... <laughs> He was just like, what the fuck are you watching, dude? But uh, no, it's definitely something that I can see myself enjoying ironically. But when I watch movies for this podcast, I try and watch them sincerely. And most importantly, I watch them sober. If I were <laughs> shithouse drunk, this would be the greatest movie in the world. Well, hey, this is this is but good. But I for, was stone sober. <laughs> this is good for uh, what's that thing called that you do sometimes when when we're not being stinker fest. Yeah, that thing. Yes, this is good potential stinker fest. This is, material, there is actually sure. enough in here to make fun of. Definitely. Let's let's get back into it though. So so we we left off at the anal beads. They're prayer beads. I know. We left off literally at the opening <laughs> shot. Yes. We haven't gotten past the opening shot. We haven't even made it to America yet. No, we have not. But we're going to. Like immediately after that, we get the Warriors of Virtue, the title screen, and then we cut to a normal suburban neighborhood, which is completely. It's all bright and shiny. That first shot was all dark and depressing and dreary looking. And Ryan is a latchkey kid because this was the fucking 90s and you just left your kid home alone all the yep. time speaking of which you know i just realized on my second viewing like 15 minutes before we started well not even that much before we started this although my computer was get was slow getting started so it took me a minute but uh yeah like just at the end of this movie i realized oh my god ryan's mom wasn't selling houses she was out getting some dick she 100 percent was she shows up like it's dawn it was nighttime you know, I think it was supposed to be a day for night shot, and I don't think it worked very well. <laughs> Oh, well, if that's the case, then no, it didn't work at all because I was convinced it was Dawn. She showed up at Dawn and she's like, I was selling houses all night. Like, <laughs> you fucking liar. You were out there fucking. I she, know what single moms get up to. I had a single mom. Is she a single mom, though? It's never confirmed. It is never once confirmed. What the fuck? Because he, he mentions he's like, when is dad getting back? And it's not. It wasn't like, when is dad coming back? Is dad ever coming back? And she didn't seem like offended or weirded out by it. You know, 
The way they phrased it made me think that maybe dad is like a traveling salesman or some shit like that. Yeah, but if that's yeah. the case, she's still out fucking. <laughs> like, she is 100%. That just makes me more certain that she was out <laughs> screwing around on him while, while he was off dying. Yeah, maybe dying a little bit. Um, no, he 100% died. In fact, he is dead. In the, his original universe, he's dead. And Chucky is, like, telling the police how it happened right now. He died again in the in the death universe and got reincarnated in a parallel universe that's what happened <laughs> and that's... that original version yeah yeah his mom's getting a very very ugly phone call that morning she's gonna regret that dick i would much rather see that movie honestly <laughs> not the movie of her getting fucked i mean she's 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 an okay looking lady so i wouldn't i wouldn't say no but uh, oh i i would totally watch that yeah she... <laughs> I thought she was hotter than Bubble Boy Girl. I can't fucking remember her name for the life of me. She played Chloe in Bubble Boy. I... Her name in the movie is Alicia. I don't remember what the fuck her name That's is. That's right, Alicia. Yeah. I can never remember that either. I had to write it down. I did write it down, and I still can't remember it. Jesus. She's Marley Shelton. Marley Shelton. Okay, thank you. Bubble Boy, seriously? I have watched that movie so many times, you have no idea. And you t you're telling me that I watch bad movies, right? I'm not trying to defend it. <laughs> I've seen it a few times, too. I've watched that movie several times. Because I had cable and it was on TV all the time. That was one of the first. That might have been the first DVD I ever bought. Oh, my. Uh, like, I think I only had VHSs up to that point. It was either that or Tremors was the very first DVD I ever bought. You know, I don't know what the first DVD I ever actually spent my money on. I think it might have been. Was it The Punisher 2004, maybe? I'm hmm. um, not going to call that a good decision, but, you know, I understand why. Uh, I liked that movie a lot more back in the day. I liked it until I had a chance to kind of reflect on it. It was sort of sort of star wars the phantom menace syndrome where like i went in wanting to like it so bad that i was like yeah this this is good this is this is, well i mean you know it's not perfect but it's good and then the more i thought about it the more i was like nope it wasn't good no and for me it's like yeah it's a it's a movie for sure it's fine i don't hate it, it. It's all right. I, I kind of do hate it because it had so much good going for it. It had Thomas Jane, who I like a lot. It had Roy Scheider as his dad, who I love. It had John Travolta, who, I mean, I'll admit he's hit and miss, but when he's on, he's really on. And he spends know? the whole fucking movie chewing the scenery every time he's on screen, no matter what movie he's in, really, but definitely, especially in that movie. Jesus. Yeah, like that was that was part of his 90s post pulp. I mean, I know it wasn't the 90s. I know it was the early 2000s, but it's still basically the 90s. He's in that post Pulp Fiction decade where he was just doing some of the weirdest, most intense work of his life. And now he's just that weird guy who's a Scientologist. That weird Scientologist guy. And okay, fuck. We need to get into this movie. <laughs> so the dog is the babysitter, apparently. The dog's name is Bravo. The mom says, hey, why don't you go make sure that Ryan eats his breakfast? Because that's what parenting was back then. <laughs> It's a good thing she has the smartest <laughs> fucking dog in the universe. Oh, yeah. He runs back in the house and he grabs a piece of toast off the table, which mom made a big spread before she left, I guess. And the dog runs around to the back of the house or wherever this fucking window is, drops a piece of toast on Ryan's head when he's taking a shit and reading a comic book. I don't think he's taking a shit. I think he's in there just reading comic books. Like, if this were not a PG movie, he definitely would have been in there masturbating while reading comic books. But it's a PG movie, so, you know, he's just reading comic books. And they're weird comics there's no words or anything it's just a bunch of black and white pictures yeah i was gonna say like ryan's buying some weird independent shit for the 90s like that is not the work of marvel or dc he's like, living out on the edge comics wise they could not afford marvel or dc for this <laughs> <laughs> 
Then we cut to fucking coolest part of the movie, in my opinion. Uh, fucking, I ca- I'm calling him Wang Chi because that was his name in Big Trouble in Little China. But his name is Ming, and we cut to Ryan hanging out in the kitchen of this Chinese restaurant watching Wang Chi. I'm gonna stop calling him that. Uh, his name is what the fuck's his name? <laughs> his real name Dennis Dunn is his name but he's doing all sorts of fucking you call them who's this samurai chef guy what was I have since amended it to kung fu cook yeah I was gonna say he's Chinese he's not fucking Japanese I was gonna say uh I was gonna say ninjas wait what did I how how did I write it soup ninja (laughs) and then when he I don't know he's making rice there's a lot of there's a lot of fucking he's making a lot of stuff particularly he's iron chefing it up in there yeah he's like (laughs) He's like spin kicking the fucking faucet, and which is pretty awesome. It's not him. Dennis Dunn does not do that. No, it's definitely not him. It is very, very clear, even on my full screen DVD, which I bought because I now, for some reason, feel the need to own every single movie that we do. <laughs> but but there is a scene later on that is him actually doing it, and it fucking surprised the shit out of me, and I'm like, they couldn't make that, like, his face is visible the whole time. Is that the one where he catches the guy yeah, who's and the, falling? Yeah, and all the plates and stuff in one fucking shot. Yeah, I mean, you know that they did that, like, a hundred times to get that one perfect shot. Probably, but still, that's fucking impressive. No, it was impressive. Like, the fact that he was able to catch all those plates without slopping the food all over the place was, that was a, that was a real accomplishment, but, uh. Uh, yeah like they had to have done that shot a hundred times but we'll get there in a minute but right now ming tells ryan about this magical world and i'm just wondering what is the origin they have a real doc and marty relationship thing going on and i don't know why i assume maybe his dad is like part owner of the fucking restaurant and he's going to like franchise it up or something yeah you know the thing is as we talk about it more i feel like the audience is getting the impression that there's a reasonability to this that it makes <laughs> sense that we're in this chinese restaurant watching this soup ninja just fucking bobby flay it up but no it's a hard jarring cut from <laughs> this kid in his bathroom this 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 white bread middle american kid to suddenly bam we're in a chinese restaurant and this kid is watching this guy do some of the baddest ass kung fu to make food which right off the bat is very jarring and upsetting (laughs) to watch at the same time this relationship is never explained there's never any indication there's never anything to let us like if they had just called him like uncle whatever the fuck his name is ming uncle Uncle Ming. ming you know then there would have been some sort of connection for it to make some kind of sense but it doesn't they never explain explain at all why he's friends with a fucking adult chef yeah and mom gets his name wrong later so they clearly aren't close him and the mom yeah yeah what the fuck is this kid doing hanging out with this guy and why is mom just okay with it because it was the fucking 90s and that's what we did you know what even in the 90s my mom (laughs) would have looked askance at some adult who wanted to hang out with a little kid no that's true i'm 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 really uh overselling how how lax everybody was in the 90s but my parents kind of had to be because my mom worked nights and my stepdad worked nights so i was just kind of alone all day my mom was very lax too in terms of like how she treated me but at the same time like i had a friend who was uh like three years ahead of me in school and she was always like did he do any has he ever tried to do anything to you Like always, I swear to God, a week did not go by. (laughs) Show me on the doll where he touched you. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, she, like she kept asking me and kept not believing me. Specifically, show me on this Warriors of Virtue doll where he touched you. We should mention that when he's telling him this story, he talks about a world. It's a world defended by these great warriors and they do kung fu and they use the forces of forces of nature as their weapons. And it's <laughs> no, no, no. He says they don't use weapons. They use the forces of nature. And it, and, and and then he starts listing them off. He's, he goes fire. And as as he starts speaking, my son just goes weapon. <laughs> <laughs> fire weapon wood weapon metal weapon he didn't say they don't use weapons he says do they use kung fu and he's like they use the forces of nature as their weapons no he does say they don't use weapons i don't think he does let's see i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure he like he specifically says or maybe he says instead of weapons they use but he does make some kind of statement to you know distance what they're doing from using weapons and then my fucking smart ass son <laughs> cracks me up <laughs> then let go of your limitations ryan imagine a world beyond anything you've ever seen a world of no worries of perfect bliss where anything can happen a world defended by great warriors no guns no lasers no morphing they use the forces of nature as their weapons fire metal wood water Earth. no guns no lasers no morphing yes Ooh, shots fired he doesn't say he doesn't say no weapons he they use the force of nature as their weapons i stand corrected try to argue with somebody who's been watching this movie for 25 years come on now <laughs> you're right i i should have conceded <laughs> immediately and I, I, I was clearly in the wrong i know shit god damn it and then as ming's walking away ryan goes are they real I'm like what the fuck why would they be real uh, but then he's like ancient this fantasy China. world he describes yeah. Yeah, and then he's like, ancient Chinese secret. Which is a line that was about 10 years past ripe culturally. Like, come on. Um, In yeah. fairness... In fairness, this movie was directed by a Chinese man. It was concocted by four Chinese men. No, 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 no. I don't mean the racial angle. Okay. I mean that in the mid 80s, ancient Chinese secret was like a line from a commercial. It was something everybody said. There was a there was a Tide commercial or something like that about how do you get your clothes cleaned? And it featured, you know, like a like a Chinese washerwoman or something like that. I don't know. And they said ancient Chinese secret. And then someone discovers the Tide and is like ancient chinese secret huh that sounds super racist i don't know maybe i'm wrong about it being a chinese washing woman i don't know it's been <laughs> so fucking long i was literally like i was preschool years when no, that okay. commercial was on tv okay you're you're <laughs> i don't know if this is the one you're talking about but 1970s calgon commercial calgon okay there you go yes you're right calgon 70s fuck so <laughs> it's 20 years past ripe almost <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, I must have seen it in one of those, you know, like greatest commercials of all times or some shit. You know, they used to do those where it's like oh, a half yeah. hour on TV of just commercials. And then you get commercials in between your commercials. Um, How the fuck did we fall for that shit? <laughs> we're fucking idiots. That's why. Um, you remember those jarring cuts you were talking about? Here's another one. Um, right after all the, you know, Ming, is it real? Ancient Chinese secret. We cut to what? A giant waving American flag. 
do we yes yes we literally (laughs) cut to that well what i was gonna say this is the end of many movies from this era right here this is the end of the movie oh yeah you know what that's a good point it's a fucking football game tell me that brad does not look like the type of guy who would absolutely make fun of all the football players he's not a football player he especially not the quarterback he's the guy who's like i'm too cool to play fucking football let's go do some drugs you're talking about the quarterback yeah yes absolutely he 100 percent looks like that guy (laughs) i have literally never in my life seen a fucking football player who looks like him and talks like him in movies particularly never nope he was 100 percent wrong i felt that immediately yeah you're right he is absolutely the guy who would be smoking weed behind the bleachers talking shit about the football players i mean for god's sake he's got an earring (laughs) in his upper left earlobe in the 90s he is clearly a rebel yeah exactly it's not he he's he's good at playing a creep like i i buy him he actually kind of fucking freaks me out a little bit yeah that's true so he i I thought those boys were gonna get touched like honestly (laughs) jesus it's a pg movie come on i don't know he was acting he was acting pretty rapey up until the point when they realized they were you know he just wanted them to cross a giant wet hole well we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about chucky's thoughts on that here in a minute the idea is it's the end of the game and the coach is like hey we're gonna we're gonna go this way no no we're gonna go we're gonna go the other way and then brad's like dude that motherfucker's been busting through the line the whole game actually i don't think it was brad i think it was his buddy whatever but yeah he's like i need you know i've played a few games in my day so we're gonna do it this way says that's every, what the coach every bo- says. yeah every boomer ever says that <laughs> truth oh my god and then and then ryan oh by the way ryan and chucky are the water boys ryan has a not i almost said prosthetic leg because you know fucking devil's backbone still got me (laughs) thinking about it um he has a what do you call those things a brace on his legs Uh, there's something wrong with his leg we never figure out what it is but he has there's something wrong with his leg he can't quite move it so whatever it is it's the same thing that was wrong with forrest gump because it's the same kind of brace and the only reason he doesn't have it in the second one is probably because they couldn't afford one It's tough to have a character do martial arts with that leg brace because I don't know if you noticed, but boy, he was hamming it up for every single step he took. Oh, yeah. No, there was there was just an explanation. Oh, for some reason, my leg got better in the second movie. Yeah. <laughs> so Ryan pulls Brad aside and he's like, hey, you know, if you do this. Oh, he says bootleg left. You you, you fake to Toby. Toby is the buddy. You fake to Toby and bootleg left. Then it'll be clear path to the end zone. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, OK. And then he spits on his fucking shoe because he's a dick. Apparently in the 90s all football players were dicks to the water boy oh do you think this is where adam sandler got the idea maybe it's pretty obvious that adam sandler has shit taste so he was probably right there for warriors of virtue (laughs) so they run the play and it works and then everybody starts cheering and ryan's like yay they're gonna love me and then no they don't and then it looks like because it's this weird slow-mo like they've it doesn't seem like that important of a game by the way nobody's like this is the championship and we need to win it's just (laughs) yeah it's just a game and they're super fucking psyched to win this thing but then it goes into that weird slow motion that keeps on happening in the movie and then it cut and it focuses really heavily on this girl i think the character's name is tracy and you'd think something was going to come of that like usually shots like that mean something means dick means absolutely nothing (laughs) nope not a goddamn thing aside from the fact that she exists Uh, you know what speaking of that janky ass slow motion this is the one scene in the movie that features actual slow motion and i don't know (laughs) how familiar you are with 
how slow motion is achieved. But for the sake of our listeners who may not be a familiar, slow motion is achieved by speeding up the rate at which film runs through the camera so that you're capturing more frames per second than you ordinarily would. Then when you play it back at a normal rate, it appears to be in slow motion because it was running so much faster while it was capturing the action. Yes. The thing about regular slow motion is it costs a lot more to do because you have to run the film faster. And this is clearly a movie that's on a budget. So I'm convinced that the reason they switched to that janky slow motion is because that kind of slow motion, I think... I could be wrong, but I think is actually achieved by running the film slower. I almost want to say that all the weirdest shit in this movie was completely on purpose. It honestly, they had a $35 million budget. Really? Like, that's a lot for a movie like this back then. Yeah, I mean, $35 million, that's that's not small potatoes in an era that was, you know, kind of when a $200 million project was still record-breaking. Yeah, I, yeah. No, uh, yeah, thirty-five million dollars. That's just what uh, what Wikipedia says. So who knows? But no, oh, well, you know, they're probably right. I, I don't would know, say but, though uh, that a lot of the money went on the screen, but not quite yet. I don't um, know. It's weird though that they have one real slow motion shot in this scene. It and, and it's a nonsensical slow motion shot. You're talking about a scene that has football action. It has crowds cheering. And what did they use the slow motion on? They used the slow motion on Ryan stepping towards the field for two seconds. He said. Sad. Yeah, like, but that's it. That's it. That's the slow motion. It's just a shot of Ryan. So him and Chucky walk home after that. They're just kind of walking home. Well, you know, Ryan hobbles, but Chucky's <laughs> with him. And the and I call them the bullies because they're bullies. They're fucking bullies. The football, the football jocks. They all show up and they they're kind of riding their bikes. And again, in any other movie, these rich assholes would have a car, but they can't afford a car. It's only thirty five million dollars. So <laughs> I'm also my, my guess is that they spent a lot of money. Like all their money went to the went to the ruse and the towel sets. Yes, I'm sure that that's true. But also, these are junior high school kids. Oh, good point. Good point. I but it didn't look like a school team, but it might have been a school team. No. It definitely looked like a junior high team. My brothers used to play junior high football, and that was what it looked like. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't fucking know. I guess they're... like if you notice, they did have bleachers. They did have bleachers. Yes. Well, bleacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I my middle school had a football field like that, so yeah, I guess makes sense a little bit. Yeah. So I'm I'm convinced these are middle middle schoolers because if they're not middle schoolers, then Ryan is clearly living a pipe dream, thinking he's ever going to get on that football field. He's like three feet tall. I know, I know. Um, so they they try to kind of they they drive past them like dickheads, but then Chucky's like, "Hey, Ryan called your winning play," and then they all stop in like really dramatic, cool kid fashion. <laughs> And then Toby, the 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 sidekick, Brad's sidekick, goes, did you say something or did you fart? And everybody's like, because <laughs> they thought it was really funny. Wow. Um, so then Chucky's like, you heard me. Ryan called your winning play. And Tracy's like, oh, really, Brad? I thought that was your bright idea. And then he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Then he, then he pretends he's like, yeah, Ryan, that was a that was a good call, man. Let's fuck. Because it does, you're right, kind of seem like he wants to diddle Ryan a little bit. Or eat him. Yeah. Or like, 
something. I don't know. Do something untoward to him, whatever the yeah. case is. So they, Ryan and Chucky, get invited to hang out with them tonight because, of course. Yes, they do. And yeah. like idiots, they accept. <laughs> well, and then here, here's, so the, the bullies leave and then uh, Ryan and Chucky are like talking. He's like, dude, Chucky's like, dude, you don't want to go, man. I don't want to go. I'm, I, that, that sounds fucking crazy. Do you really want to go hang out with Brad? And here's here's the line, one of the lines that I thought you were going to bring up. Lucifer thinks this guy's a little extreme. <laughs> I was going to bring that line up. That actually is a really good line. That 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 is maybe the only line in this movie that made me like audibly guffaw. It's a really good line for somebody older. Like why are these 10-year-olds or 12-year-olds or whatever so fucking witty? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But Chucky is also very clearly into Ryan because he does. They do this thing where they're they're play play playing football. Yes, they're play playing football. They're pretending to play football, and then they Ryan throws the ball to Chucky, and Chucky goes, "Yay, touchdown! Great pass from my man, simply known as Rye." <laughs> I'm like, you also want to fuck him. This is weird. I mean, hey, Mario that was, a- was a good looking kid. All right, it's, it's that fine. was a very '90s thing to say. <laughs> I know. Now we're back home and uh, Ryan's sitting at the table and mom's like, how was the game? How was the game? And he's like, it was good. We won. We scored a touchdown on the last play. And then very dramatically, there's a pause. And he's like, I came up with the play. <laughs> I'm like, you did. You did. And that was good. But like, what? Like, why? Why so dramatic about it? <laughs> Well, the the funny thing is, is then he gets pissy with his mom when she's like proud of him. Like, what the fuck did you bring it up for then, you little shit? <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, she also can't cook. She's like, oh, I made you a frozen lasagna. And he stabs it. And it's like alive. It looks really gross. <laughs> and this is where she's like, how about Min's my treat? And he's like, Ming, mom, we've only been there a hundred times. And she's like, your mom is just going crazy, going in and out of that house all day long. And maybe she fucking a different guy every time she leaves or what? What do you think? I don't know. Um, she's probably fucking someone from work that'd be my guess especially if it's an adulterous relationship those tend to happen at work so yeah you know going in and out of the house you know what do you think she's referring to lots of dick well or lots of the same lots of the same dick over and over again i don't know whatever the case is the husband clearly isn't helping out because she is harried as hell so he must be you know what he's a musician that's what it is he's a musician that would make sense yep i agree let's say he's he's in the jack frost band <laughs> <laughs> Parallel stories. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jack Frost was only a year away, okay? True <laughs> it up. Oh, you know what? He was probably the drummer because drummers are notoriously unreliable. That's true. I don't play drums, ladies. I don't, even know, what the, what, I don't know what the fuck that means. Anyways, so we're back at Ming's now, and Ryan just kind of helps himself and walks right through the back of the fucking kitchen. What the fuck is this kid doing here? This kitchen is chaos. Yeah, it's definitely dinner time, and like Ryan like bumps into this old guy who I think is also in a bunch of stuff. I'm not sure who he is, but he, he looks familiar. Yeah, he definitely looks familiar let me maybe he's the guy from blade runner boy i'm just doubling down on it today aren't i somebody has to be in blade runner (laughs) (laughs) continue don't wait on me to find out whether or not it's the guy from blade runner 
So while you try to figure out if it's the guy from Blade Runner, this guy kind of turns around after yelling at Ryan and Ryan's like, I'm sorry, dude, Jesus, I'm sorry. And Ming's kind of watching. Like I never noticed that before, but Ming is actually just watching, <laughs> watching this guy yell at this kid. And yep. then, then the guy turns around, slips on something and he falls down. But Ming is a badass, catches the dude with his foot and then catches all the plates in the air. And Which is really a pretty cool. good, I mean, it's a pretty good shot. Sam Raimi was definitely watching this movie and going like, I think I can do that. No, he was going, I think I can get Bruce Campbell to do that. Except he doesn't. He gets uh, Toby Maguire to do that. Oh, I'm sorry. You were <laughs> making a Spider-Man reference. Like, God damn it. Whoosh. Shit together. Um, and Ming apparently also lives there in this like loft apartment above the restaurant. It's barely even above the restaurant. It's like in the fucking restaurant. Like the stairs to the to his apartment are in the kitchen. Yep. And you like he's got a window in his bedroom, which, by the way, awkward after a date to just, you know, come back to the old apartment and the entire kitchen crew gets to watch you fuck. <laughs> he's clearly fucking little kids, so that's fine. So Ryan sees this cocoon, or I guess we don't really know what it is. He sees this thing in a jar and he's like, hey, Ming, what's this? And Ming says, oh, Ming also says, oh, I have a, I have something for you. Yeah, so he has a present to give him, fighting the urge to make another joke. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ming sits sits down with Ryan and talks about this cocoon that he found on his way home from school when he was about his age. And he, he found the cocoon. It was kind of wiggling on the ground. And he got down real close and he saw this moth struggling to, struggling to get out. And he opened it up. The moth flew in the air. And then suddenly he drops down, dead. And Ryan's like, what happened? And Ming's like, I interrupted his journey. You know what? That actually, that's one of the things that I was going to say is good about the movie. I do think that that analogy is a really good analogy for a journey movie where the kid has to go on this journey and sort of discover himself and and overcome something in order to move on you know and and achieve what he's looking for it's a great hero's journey setup but the problem is it never pays off because nothing is earned in this movie everything's just given to the characters at the end of, at the end of the story when he when he unlocks the secret of how to read the book he doesn't unlock it master chung just just fucking gives it to him in ghost form. He doesn't do anything to earn that. He doesn't make some kind of self-discovery. Yeah, I don't really see. And that's part of the writing issue. Like there's no, there's no reason for anything. Yeah, that's what Ever. I'm saying. The problem with this movie in the main, aside from the choice to make them kangaroos, although that's also probably a writing issue, is the writing. The writing is bad. Like this was a great setup for a hero's journey. And then you didn't fucking take me on one. Yes, they did. You just didn't no, like didn't. it. You just just didn't like it it's not a hero's journey if nothing is learned he learns that he loves his mom he loved his mom from the beginning <laughs> But he never said it to her. So I, I, also, I mean, uh, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> I also wrote down that Ming keeps preaching and he's like trying to be Miyagi, but he's not really, he's not fucking Miyagi. To say the least. So the, the present that he gives Ryan is this book and it has the symbol. He calls it the symbol of Tao, which he says the symbol of Tao. It means what is, what does he say? It means like the way, the way to live your life or whatever. Is that what that kind of fuck man? I don't, remember. I can't remember the exact line, but it, it's in standard Mandarin. It's actually pronounced Tao. There is there is a pronunciation that is Tao for real, but most people I believe would call it Tao, but I don't know. And it does mean a road, path, way, and hence the way in which one does something. So yeah, that he actually says something to that effect. The director is Chinese, and Dennis Dunn is Chinese, so they must have known what they were doing in that scene, right? Like yes, I, I yes, I know. Unless they had some American people going like, that's not how you pronounce that shit. Ha, ha, ha. 
because well is... you know what you know what that would be just the most fucking 90s american thing in the world to just be like fuck do you know about it it's spelled with a t dipshit <laughs> yes oh god yes but then this book will help you and ryan's like i got all the self-help books i need for my mom already and he's like this isn't like the books your mom gives you <laughs> that that line rung frustratingly <laughs> true for me what the fuck is it with moms and self-help books in the 90s my mom gave me so many goddamn self-help books i swear if i'd have read and learned what they all had to say i'd be the most self-sufficient person in the world right now <laughs> i never got any self-help books from my parents seriously yeah my aunt maybe bought it me, was just like a my aunt gave me turmoil in the toy box once oh seriously yeah. oh i had to get that from a friend whose mom had it that book was the best comedy i'd ever read i didn't read that shit i'm like what the fuck is this it's fucking hilarious dude like seriously well now like, yeah i'd probably think it was real funny <laughs> I was like 15 or something when I read it. And I mean, granted, okay, like when it first came out, I was like six or seven and I probably, you know, would have bought into the bullshit entirely. But by the time I was 15, I read it and I was just like, this is fucking hilarious. This is comedy gold. My if mom you can find a copy now. Jesus Christ, buy it. My mom got me the shack and tried to get me to read that. You know, I got to say, I actually kind of enjoyed the shack. You know what? I made it. I made it through the first chapter and I'm like, what the fuck? They never find his daughter's. <laughs> she's just dead what the hell's going on the whole story is about him dealing with the grief of losing his yeah, daughter i know and then octavia spencer shows up and she's <laughs> she's god i guess i don't know and sam worthington one of the most boring people on the fucking planet <laughs> I read it before the movie came out, so, so I didn't did I. have them in my mind. Well, but. I read it like halfway, and then I realized, I'm like, dude, this is all about some fucking weirdo hallucinating in a fucking cabin. <laughs> and it's supposed to be true. I don't buy this. Sorry, it's not mother. supposed to be true. I don't doubt that, like, in the metaphorical sense, all of this all of that could have been gone through, you know, but, uh, but it, it's the highly metaphorical sense. Yeah. I, you know, my feelings on that stuff and we, we can dive into that later, but right now we have an insult to get to. Okay. Ming, Ming tells <laughs> this Ryan, is not ringing any bells. Ming tells Ryan, he's like, this book helped me become the person that I wanted to be. And then Ryan looks at him and goes, a cook. <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> and ming doesn't seem phased by it at all because i mean granted at that age i would have been like yeah a cook who gives a fuck but he's like no myself and i'm like all right cool cool we can i'm, I'm down i buy it that's a great retort by the way like honestly ming is the coolest character in this <laughs> he whole really book, is I like in, a lot. <laughs> in this whole book in this whole movie that which makes it a tragedy that his presence is utterly baffling oh and he's gone after this we never fucking see him again nope never comes around never comes back the cocoon shows up that's true because he's creeping outside fucking ryan's window like a weirdo <laughs> so right after that we cut to the tunnel the tunnel place he said meet him meet, meet us at the tunnel at 80 at 80, 80 o'clock at eight o'clock <laughs> And the bullies show up and they they break in and Ryan and Chucky are like, what the fuck are we doing? And he's like, we're going to play follow the leader. And Brad is like the leader of some weird gang and he snaps his fingers and like holds his arms up in this Christ pose and like puts his head down and closes his eyes. And flashlights just kind of appear in his fucking hands. I know they were handed to him, but you you know what I mean. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. That was such a gang lead. Not even gang leader. A like cult? cult leader yeah. commanding his lap dogs. It was. It was such a fucking weirdly theatrical move. And I liked it. That's probably, that's one of my favorite things in the movie. He, he is so, the bad guys in this movie are hammy as fuck. Boy. I will get, you we'll, ain't we'll get seen to one. nothing oh, yet. No. So he's like, we're going to play follow the leader and you're the leader. And I'm like, how the fuck are they leading 
anywhere. They don't know where you're going. We're not logic in this. We just need to fucking plow through this shit. So there, <laughs> Chucky and Ryan are like leading the group. And then Chucky is the voice of reason as usual. And he's like, Ryan, we should leave. And Ch- Ryan's like, shut up, bitch. Stop being a pussy. And Chucky's like, dude, they're going to do something weird to us. They're going to, what did they, what did he say? They're going to like carve their initials into our bodies or make hot dogs out of our wieners with meatballs on the side. <laughs> That's right. And then he starts flopping his flashlight. <laughs> this movie got away with a lot more than you would think for a PG movie. And this movie's dark, too. This movie starts to get fucked up later. Like, they were what they lack in story, they make up for in traumatizing children. <laughs> Oh, there's, there's one scene that actually bothers me now. Like, watching it when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, that's weird and sad. But it fucking, like, thinking about it and after watching it twice, I'm like, wow. How? Just, ugh. We'll get there, though. I'm so, very curious now. So, yeah, you'll have to let me know when we get there. We all come to this place, and it's this big fucking whirlpool area with a single pipe kind of going across to this wall that has a bunch of graffiti on it and it's all their names brad says if you want to hang with us you got to get initiated but he says it in this weird high-pitched surfer voice it should be noted this is a whirlpool with no water flowing into it which means there's some giant fucking blades down in there somewhere yes yes you are you're right yes i I never even thought about that but yes the idea is that you have to walk across the pipe and paint your initials on the wall and he's like you know we all did it and then trace of course she chimes in she's like i thought you weren't gonna make him do it ryan he's just making fun of you and brad's like right it's fine i'll meet you on the other side and everybody's like woo, and then the music like cues up and it's done all fucking scary and shit which it fucking should be think <laughs> about it it's a pool it's a whirlpool with blades in it somewhere it might not be like straight up blades, but there's something churning that water down there and it will beat the living fuck out of anybody who falls into it. This is the first scene that should have been super traumatizing to me as a kid, but I never really thought about it until now. No, um, of course you don't. Just like they didn't think about it because kids see something like that and they're like, ooh, this couldn't possibly harm me at all. I'll just grab the pipe if I fall. I'll be <laughs> fine. Well, and in or the movie. I'll just swim out. And in the movie, he does get transported to a magical world. Yeah, because he. He's dead. (laughs) He gets transported to the fucking afterlife. So Brad goes across first and he gets over there and like he cheers and these these guys cheer for the most mundane shit, by the way. (laughs) They're like, yeah, I did it. And I'm like, you all did it once. So why are you fucking being such a douche about it? Yeah, seriously. And then... And Brad, like, he's like, come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Are you cool? (laughs) (laughs) That's the line that just... It was a bridge too far for me. I was like, fuck you, the writers. I laughed so hard, though. (laughs) It's just so funny. And here's another Chucky, another Chucky gem. He's like, let's make like Tom and Cruz. Ryan tries crossing that thing with his bum ass leg, and it's really pathetic and sad. He stops halfway, and Brad is like, you gotta be quick, dude. You see that thing back there, and it's this giant pipe, and he's like, you never know when it's gonna take a dump. And it's aiming right at Ryan. Yes. Should be noted. And surprise, surprise, the thing fucking does decide to take a dump with Ryan on the pipe. He gets knocked into the whirlpool and magic. In the movie, he's not dead. In real life, he would be. You know, based on Chode's reaction, whatever the fuck his name is, I'm just going to call him Chode, the leader of the (laughs) gang. I don't think that pipe has ever spit water out before at a time when they saw it happen. No, because Because right when it starts. What the fuck? Yeah, they're all like, huh? What is that? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And, And then 
uh, if you watch at the end of the movie, when the water comes out, it actually bends the pipe that they were standing on. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it definitely does that. So yeah, again, don't try to logic your way in, you know, just, just don't do it, man. You'll hurt your head. And plus, we still have a whole fucking movie to get through. Yeah, so Ryan is dead, <laughs> the end. And he ends up in heaven, I guess, where the angels, the guardian angels are martial arts kangaroos. That is definitely a junior high school's version of heaven. Although, you know, all right, it's a junior high school pg version of heaven because let's face it if it was really a junior high schooler's version of heaven there'd be a lot more boobies flopping about that's probably true we're in tau now because they were like we can't be bothered to come up with another word for this place ryan ends up floating on this river and it does kind of look like he's being ferried somewhere doesn't it which he is technically yes that's true it cuts to a little while later i guess and he's on the land he wakes up and he's just like where the fuck am i i'm, I'm dry like why am i dry and then he's like chucky tracy he yells for Chucky and Tracy and Chucky again. And then he goes, Bravo. He's yelling for his dog. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, come on guys this isn't funny as if this fucking bizarre fantasy forest was set up entirely by his friends just to fuck with him that is a that is a weird i i get lost trope in every movie that has ever had one they always say that yeah i uh i don't know it <laughs> It smacks of bullshit to me. <laughs> I don't think any kid waking up in that kind of an environment, their first thought would be, well, somebody must be pranking me. I think their first thought would be like, oh my God, the dreams, they were all true. This is kids movie greatest hits is what this movie is. <laughs> Because there's all sorts of shit that you see in other movies. You're not wrong. I mean, the soundtrack is ripped straight out of Hook. I made the connection to the music, I think, at the end. And I think I wrote it down. So when we get there, I'll I'll try to... I'll hopefully, hopefully I wrote it down so I don't have to actually try to remember. But it reminded me of something. Oh, it's Danny Elfman. I'm like, wow. Somebody watched Batman a few times. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And Danny Elfman, you know, like for, for portions of his career, was trying to ape John Williams until he sort of <laughs> became his own thing. Oh, you know know you know what it was it was the the song and i'm like making christmas making that's what it sounded like it sounded like making christmas from nightmare before christmas oh see i've only watched that movie like one time Ugh. strangely enough based on my personal life i'm not a fan you just don't know good stuff i know that's what everybody says everybody's like oh this is you know such a great movie i'm like all right cool god bless enjoy it have fun make christmas but uh yeah it's not for me it's one of those movies that i watch and then i like and then i watch it again and i'm like huh i don't think i like this as much anymore and then I watch it again and I'm like, hey, no, that was pretty good. And it just keeps on going back and forth. I, t I say that about a lot of movies because that fucking happens to me all the time. Yeah, I watched it one time, watched it with my ex-girlfriend. She was like super into it and it just did nothing for me. Oh, man, we're we're almost to the we're almost to the best one of the best. Uh, we're almost to the best character in the movie. OK, cool. Let's keep plowing Let's ahead keep... because we are barely into this. movie. Oh, no, and um, we've been here for over an hour. So Ryan, Ryan wakes up. Ryan, Ryan is awake and he's, you know, the these guys in black just kind of pop up out of nowhere and he runs and they're chasing after his ass and they throw a spear at him. Fuck. <laughs> And right into his back it would have been his back if he didn't have a backpack on which i guess his walkman kind of takes the brunt of it because one of the minion guys like screams into it because it's got a big hole in it later on yeah that's true <laughs> well is, is is it a walkman or is it a disc man i think it's a disc man i couldn't really tell i just i'm just the blanket term yeah yeah it's one of them <laughs> and then out of nowhere comes this fucking 
big ninja monster thing. It's Yun, by the way. His name is Yun. And he explodes out of the water and whacks this dude with his tail. And then he proceeds to beat the shit out of all the other guys in black. <laughs> and it was kind of fun to watch. That, like, that's, for me, that, that's what I want to see in this movie. I just want that kind of stuff. See, like, I disagree. You didn't see anything. Well, all you saw was guys flying through the air. Well, that's true. I want to see the hits. That's what I want to see. So later on, there's some good action. Yeah, the, and that's it, the... Yeah, the good part of the movie. <laughs> and I will say, some of the action in this movie is really good. Some uh, of it. Yes, yes. And then uh, after after Yun kicks their asses, Ryan kind of stops and he looks at this thing. He stops for a second, waits a beat, and then he screams and then he runs away. And you see Yun and they do a, like an extreme close up on his face and he just goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't like you don't see him proper. You see parts of him. You see his ears and you see his eyes and then you see like half of his face. They never give you the whole shebang. Not yet. Yeah. It's like they want to drag it out so that there's a suspenseful anticipation when, I don't know, quite frankly, I just think these kangaroos look like shit. Really? I thought they looked good until they talked. Like, it looked like the masks were nice, but then it's it looked like they were fucking sock puppets. You know what the masks look like to me? I'd say there's a very slim chance you or anybody listening is going to get these by name. The Warriors look like a mix of Matt Lucas and Lucy Punch. Do you know who either of those people are? I have no fucking idea. Okay, Matt Lucas, you might know based on the reference. He played Tweedledee and Tweedledum in the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland movies. Okay, I got I got him, yes. Okay, now Lucy Punch, she was in the movie Hot Fuzz. Have you seen Hot Fuzz? Uh, yes. Remember the woman with the obnoxious laugh who gets murdered in the car? Uh, yep. Okay. Um, I'm. I can't really. I don't see either of them in these things, but they both have the kind of sunken eyes, and their eyes are really close together, and kind of protruding mouths and big foreheads, like like real. Well, I mean, Matt Lucas is you know bald as a cue ball, but Lucy Punch has a really large forehead. <laughs> And all I can see when I look at those things is them. She's kind of hot, though. I feel exactly the opposite about her. (laughs) I'm sure she's a very nice person. I'm sure Matt Lucas is a very nice person. Nothing against them on any kind of personal level, but they're weird looking people. Uh, Do you want to make fun of Ryan for trying to play football again? So is he, this the point at which he plays football again? Kind of. Yeah, he runs what as he's running from Yun, like he runs for a second and then he stops and he's like, "Oh god, what the fuck was that? Wait a minute. It works. It works. It works." And then we see that there's no more brace on his leg and he's running around like a fucking psycho cuz his leg Oh works. yeah. And then he starts he starts doing fantasy football in his head and that was the point at which I was like, "Kid, you're fooling yourself if you think that was the only thing keeping you off the team." He could be like a a punter or something. Maybe if he was really good at at it then as he's running around and stiff arming the trees and shit <laughs> i'd love to see him try and stiff arm some <laughs> of those fucking eighth graders who are two and a half feet taller than him we get to meet one of our first weirdos uh he gets tripped up by this tripwire tripped up by the tripwire that's exactly what tripwires are for and, appropriate and i'm i'm gonna say it this fucking midget drops on his back it's mudlap and he's uh i can't remember the guy's name but he's from like twin peaks and shit yes uh he plays the man from nowhere i believe is what he's called he is an iconic little person did i mention that his name 
was Mudlap. I don't know if I said that. But yeah, yes, you did. It's Mudlap. And he's like, give me your shit, newcomer. That's what they That's what they keep calling Ryan. <laughs> I, I, I really wish he had said, give me your shit, newcomer. <laughs> that would have been so much better. Um, and then something flies in from off screen and fucking like nails him to a tree. And he's like, what the fuck? And then it's Alicia. Okay, now. This is where the kung fu epic kind of thing really starts because what happens we kind of whip pan to Alicia but she floats out sideways from behind a tree. Yeah, she really does kind of kind of hover into frame. It's a very interesting shot and yeah, like you said, very kung fu epic. And that's why I think all those weird choices, especially once we get to Tao, I think it was all completely on purpose. I would be fine with that if the story had cohesion, if there was setup and payoff if this if the choices made followed a logical path and if the character had to do fucking anything <laughs> to earn the reward at the end it's gonna be okay man it's gonna be okay this movie's 24 years old and nobody ever talks about it anymore i know i know i know <laughs> i'm shouting into the void i'm on a podcast no one fucking listens to yelling about this movie no one cares about as if it my opinion matters at all it's nice that you're so passionate about this <laughs> Okay, and then another another kung fu epic kind of thing. Alicia grabs Ryan and she flies away. People fly. There's a lot of wire foo shit going on. Yeah, and that actually is kind of cool. Like, it's unrealistic, but it's okay because of the world we're in. You know, like, we're already clearly in a fantasy world. So it's yeah. like, all right, fine. Let's embrace the lack of realism. I don't have a problem with any of that. Once you get past the fact that I hate the fucking kangaroo makeup, I can even say that I don't really have a problem with them. It's just, yeah, like, the choices and the logical progression and the lack of the lack of fucking agency just piss me off <laughs> this movie's very serious and the nonsensical dialogue like the fucking ridiculous dialogue because when i say you know like once you get past the the fact that i don't like that makeup i will recognize that they do look very kangaroo like right after she flies away we cut to the best part of the fucking movie and the hammiest i'm surprised there's any scenery left we get to meet komodo played by played by the fucking great angus mcfaden who is in stuff he's a busy motherfucker never really watched anything with him in it except for saw three and four he is just in this movie if i'm not mistaken he was just coming off of braveheart yes yeah braveheart came which is like before this. the <laughs> biggest movie in the world for a minute i love this guy a lot it's fucking ridiculous he had three he had a tv movie and two other movies in and then it was warrior it was braveheart liz the elizabeth taylor story still breathing no Nevada and Warriors of Virtue. So he was like hopping almost directly into this because I've never heard of those two other movies. So either he, you know, they they were independent movies or they were movies that he had a very small role in. He definitely knows what movie he wants to think he's in. Oh, I got to say, he is my favorite part of this whole movie. Oh, yeah. He is ridiculous, oh, yeah. but in the best way possible. He's ridiculous like Dennis Hopper in Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> he is having so much fun with this role. We'll walk through this scene here. The dude who at the beginning his head he got he got hit in the head with fucking Yun's tail and his helmet was ringing and shit. He has the backpack that he took off of Ryan. And I said Angus McFadden is deep throating the scenery <laughs> because <laughs> that's what he's that's what he does for the whole movie. Yes, he does. <laughs> he's not chewing it, on it. He's fucking because he's playing it very you know to use an 
an old, out-of-fashion term. He's playing it very camp. Yeah, you think, huh? In more ways than one. Not just in the hamming it up, but also in the gaying it up sense. Honestly, I don't think I don't think he's gay though. I think he is like he's fucking Barbarocious and Alicia at the same time. Yeah, I think he's swinging at anything. I think he's like Andy Dick. Just anything that'll let him put his cock in it, he's going after. Yeah, Grillo. He he definitely he definitely Michael Jackson him his way into Grillo's pants at some point. For sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. That whole scene is purple, a good color for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're yeah. fucking. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. So this guy fails and he's like, what is his big speech here? He's like, he's like, I, <laughs> I would tell you it was an open wound infects like a disease but and before, spreads like an infection. Oh, yeah. And he's like, failure, blah, blah, blah. And fear. You have nothing to fear because nothing dies. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point. That is the point at which it is 100% certain that Ryan is dead. That speech. Maybe that's why everything's so... Yeah, I get it. I get it. So he kills that guy. He just drops him down a fucking pit. It's fine. Whatever. That is very reminiscent of the fucking pit Ryan died in earlier. Yeah, that's be true. I pointed out. Yes. we There are actually spinning blades in it that we'll find later. Yep. And then he does. He has that line. He's like, General Grillo, what's the point of power if you don't abuse people? Yep. <laughs> And then those the two weirdo henchmen they open the backpack and the manuscript falls out and one of whom is the guy from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh yeah, it is. Yes, it is him. Yeah, huh? the one who looks like uh, an adult version of that kid from the Mighty Ducks. The fuck was that kid's name? Which kid from the Mighty Ducks? Oh, the little smarmy one. Oh, Peter, the little the little leather jacket clad one. The one who's constantly mouthing off. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah (laughs) that's funny he does oh shit they could totally be related right (laughs) that's all i could think this whole movie so komodo really like looks so longingly at this fucking manuscript when he opens the book and he tells everybody to shut the hell up very loudly he does that a lot actually (laughs) and he's looking at the book and he's like and and the pages are blank and then he very quickly he's like find this newcomer and bring him to me alive and then everybody freaks out i don't know it was really weird reactions that they're making people have to this stuff (laughs) like there's a couple there's a couple ways particularly ryan the way he reacts to a couple things i'm like why even as a kid i was always like what the fuck was that But we cut back yeah. to we've cut back to Ryan and Alicia in a boat. They're on a boat. They talk about the manuscript and she's like, "What does it look like?" and he points he he looks around for something to like it, it really weird. I don't know. He, he couldn't he <laughs> like he was looking yeah. for the symbol. Yeah, and he couldn't have been like, "Oh, it has this little symbol. It looks like a fan." It happens to be carved into the boat and he's like, "It looks like that." And she's like, "That's the manuscript of legend." And she tells him about Komodo. Now, Komodo's backstory is that, well, sort of a backstory is that he's this crazy man who wants to keep himself young and powerful. So he mines this mineral called Zubrium out of the life springs and the life springs are where everybody lives and there's only one life spring left and it's the one that the warriors of virtue protect. They couldn't protect the other ones. I don't really understand. There was a lot in that little couple seconds there. I apologize. Yeah, that's that's how they throw it at you. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty fast and furious information dump. And you're right. It makes no fucking sense why they can protect this one, but couldn't protect the other ones like it's fucking nonsensical. It's also nonsensical that Komodo 
Yamamoto would just destroy all of these things that he absolutely depends on and then, you know, leave only one left. Like there has to be a better way to go about that. But okay, for the story, for the sake of the story, it's not the most glaringly obvious plot hole. There are other more obvious ones. Oh yeah. Well, we'll get to them here like soon. Like this one. He's like, what do the warriors look like? And she's like, they're ruse. Cut. (laughs) End of conversation. Uh, we do enter the life spring and it looks like it looks like a set but it looks like a pretty cool set I kind of enjoy it it's pretty and lots of lots of cool shit though uh, again going back to the uh, the music aping hook this is very lost boys yeah no I was thinking that I actually yesterday when I was watching it I was thinking the exact same thing I'm like oh it kind of does remind me of that like the set of hook looked like a set but it was a fun set so it was okay yeah yeah so you give it a pass and um, and, and it does look good I mean it's a it's a good looking set the set pieces in this movie are good yeah yeah they really are and master chung is addressing the people and he's like it's fine don't worry the warriors of virtue will protect us and then one guy's like has yun returned oh yun by the way is not with the group right now master chung's like no he's not returned yet and then i think it's wildebeest is that thing with the horns and he's like how can they protect us if there is only four of them ah it's willy beast willy beast i swore to god my whole life it was wildy beast and then alicia's like we have a newcomer and he has the manuscript and then then willy beast looks at him and goes a newcomer he is too small to be a newcomer and then ryan gives us a nice little trailer line and he's like houston we have a problem oh get yeah. it because apollo 13 <laughs> yes that was in the trailer that was, i remember that and i watched the trailer again today and i'm like fuck i remember seeing that on some fucking vhs tape or something no you know that line though he's too small for a newcomer that's your third and final key to the fact that ryan is dead because <laughs> why would he be too small for a newcomer i'll tell you why because every newcomer has just died and people normally die when they're adults also <laughs> komodo obviously came from earth because he he does the line warriors come out and play we cut to master chung he's talking to ryan he keeps calling him a newcomer and ryan's like the name is ryan jeffers (laughs) he also likes to change the subject ryan does because master chung's like we need to see the manuscript and he's like my name's ryan jeffers can i see the warriors please and this is where we get our first real good looks at these things and they are doing some really fucking cool kung fu shit in these bulky weird ass costumes that is genuinely impressive that is the one part of this movie that i can just stand back and go god damn that first opening i don't know which one of the warriors it is you probably do i do it's the wood one yeah lie of him doing that bow staff routine in that giant fucking bulky suit like holy shit that is impressive oh man i know this stuff looks this all looks so cool so like, we- he is moving too he is fast and precise like he is awesome it's like he's not even fucking wearing the thing so we meet the warriors of virtue and they're called the warriors of virtue because they each have their own specific virtue which makes no fucking sense but that's okay uh so lie is the power of wood or the strength of no the something the durability of wood and the his virtue is order and he's he's the crabby one so that that that's his personality trait that's his ninja tur- <laughs> that's his ninja turtle personality then we meet chi who is the virtue of wisdom and the element of fire i don't exactly know how he puts that but he's like often playful but he's wise we meet Yi, i believe the doug jones character who never talks but he's the he's the strength of metal and his his virtue is righteousness and then we meet shun who is 
is the who is the lady of the group because you need one. Got to have an April O'Neil. <laughs> yes. Might as well make her part of the gang. Nope, nope, nope. A Venus de Milo. Who the fuck is that? That's the girl turtle from the next mutation that nobody likes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it. <laughs> uh we'll have to that's a power rangers month thing but you know i stopped at secret of the <laughs> she has the power of earth and her virtue is loyalty i believe but yeah they're all doing these cool fucking kung fu routines and yee's is the most ridiculous his, his is not grounded in the slightest he's like flipping around he has that big ring they have uh, those are those are real they're not that big though i don't think they're 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 used to make uh to help you with forms for wing chun i was not aware of that that I think that's what I think that it's just a bigger version of that. I think I'm not entirely sure, but that's that's what I'm just pretending to assume right now. Uh, He's very emotionally attached to that ring too. <laughs> he really is. He is the most emotional one too. Like you in the next scene, Ryan kind of meets the warriors. He kind of walks up, and Yi is there. Ryan kind of sneaks up by him, and Yi like twitches. And this is Doug Jones's awesome suit acting. And he's like, <laughs> he like puts up a fist. He's like, get the fuck away. From and I, I love to watch that and Ryan's like oh shit that guy's gonna fucking kill me <laughs> and then now Chung asks for the manuscript and Ryan's like I don't have it man uh, one of you guys has it but he gets really defensive about it cause- <laughs> yeah I was gonna say I was like he doesn't just say I don't have it he's like I'll fucking have it one of you guys has it when when you saved me from the river uh, saved me at the river or whatever remember and then Chi pops up in his very gruff fucking voice it's Yun it must be Yun if he was saved at the river it's <laughs> Yun. Ooh, that hurts. Jesus. <laughs> no no career in singing death metal for you, huh? <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. So Ryan and Alicia are talking and hanging out, and Ryan mentions his mom and dad. Even though dad isn't around, maybe. And Alicia's like, what are your parents like? And he's like, they're pretty cool. And she's like, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> he doesn't say they're pretty cool. He goes, I don't know. No, oh, yeah. wait. They're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> That was weird. And then, and that's when she's like, the fuck's that mean? And he's like, uh, they're nice. Yeah. Like, all right, sure. He has to clarify. And her parents are dead, and so is her brother, and it's all sad. And he's he's like, well, how did how did he die? And she's like, oh, he got killed in a battle. Or no, wait, no, wait, what? Oh no, wait, that doesn't happen yet. Hang on. So her no, brother... he she just says he that he that he got killed. Yes, he was killed. I missed a couple lines, but that's okay because it doesn't really matter. He is like, I wish I could, sh- I wish I could go home and show them. And she's like, show them what? And then cut to very jarring, by the way, that I can run and play football. <laughs> and then she's like, this is really not great acting on her part i i give props to mario yadidia for being an okay child actor actually delivering some of the weirdest fucking clunky dialogue in in movie history really yeah i i don't blame him for the performance no, I, no, I blame fine. the dialogue i've, I've seen him anything. in a couple other movies he's pretty good actually he's only been in a couple of other yeah, movies no, i looked I've, at his imdb page it ended in like 1998 with under wraps which is an awesome uh disney channel original movie so alicia walks up to him and just giggles and sh- i said she very unnaturally says that she found a friend like she giggles and he's like what yeah and she's like i just found a friend that is the creepiest possible delivery of that line and ryan's like oh i I don't want to be your friend i guess i he he shows he shows no interest in women in this entire fucking movie which doesn't matter but like you'd think that he would have a crush on somebody the only thing i could say is they got away with so much for a pg movie that they were just like all right let's not go near that we get enough of that creepy shit with komodo and his little weird love triangle he's got seriously so she decides to show him this triangle tetrahedron more like well that dude's fucking everything he's like (laughs) prince 
<laughs> um, uh, so Alicia shows him the monument that was erected erected <laughs> for the ruse <laughs> and it means nothing really that just that they were respected once upon a time and this is where she uh tells him that about yun and why he's not with the warriors anymore so the story of yun is that he accidentally killed somebody in battle i don't know accidentally he killed somebody in a battle and his virtue is benevolence and he has the power of water by the way and i think he does say later on that it's accident it was accidental oh, yeah, he's, he? it's, it was an accident yeah i think so yeah then ryan's like so what it was a battle people die and she's like it was a life and i'm like yeah i'm kind of on her side it's it's sad either way it's a battle yes people die but it's also sad it is sad i'm not going to take that away from her but later on when she's like trying to high road ryan with it it's like fuck you you're on the side of guys who throw spears at the backs of running 12 year old boys which it isn't clear how or when she actually got there because right now ryan gets gets taken and then we hear komodo's disembodied voice going elicia and now was she already on his side or was did did she join his side at that point the fact that her brother was fighting on his side makes me think she was always on his side oh like she joined the rebellion as a spy to begin with and maybe you know she did feel sympathy for the rebellion once she got out from underneath komodo's claws but then you know like she goes back and she drinks the thing or whatever and instantly her guilt is alleviated yes yeah you're right actually yes because turns out that yun killed her brother yep whoops the two henchmen and uh the chick by the way komodo's hench woman is named barbarocious they even say it once in wow. the movie one of those henchmen guys goes barbarocious run or some shit just that's some power rangers level shit oh yeah no i love it oh they run into yun of course and he whips a bunch of shit at them and kicks their asses and again we get some decent fight choreography right here from a guy in a fucking kangaroo suit with a giant tail swinging on his ass so i don't i don't know how they did it yeah nothing but respect for the guys who did the choreography as the ruse i mean that looks difficult and it would and that stuff was shot well even though it kind of had that it had it has this weird blurry hue about it but the actual the camera work on it was good because a lot of american movies and this happened in the mortal Kombat movie recently it was a good movie but a lot of the fight scenes like there's just quick cutting 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 i'm like stop doing that i want have to you see watched, them fighting have you watched that uh i mean have you even heard of the youtube channel every frame of painting no there's a youtube channel called every frame of painting and the guy hasn't uploaded a video in a few years now but one of the last videos he did was about how jackie chan does action and it was all about not doing the quick cuts and letting the action breathe and letting letting the action flow with a rhythm you know and uh it, it's really good and he really breaks down why that fucks up action scenes so much and like sometimes it works if it's done if it's done you know for a reason but yeah no i really like to let it that's probably where i learned that i liked that so much listening to commentaries by bay logan on all those dragon dynasty dvds that i had yeah like the the asian action directors they're the ones who really have mastered it at this point like there's a reason all the best action movies in the united states are choreographed by asians <laughs> because oh those guys 100 yes those guys you know you learn through repetition and they put out so many of those action movies and that you know you, you kind of can't help but master it at this point yeah you know who does a lot of those i'm noticing uh you know philip ree from best of the best his brother simon ree who played the 
uh, the leader of the bad Korean guys in Best of the Best. He does a lot of choreography for a lot of movies. Yeah, I'm afraid I don't know who that is. I I've o- I told you before, I've only seen Best of the Best 2. Oh, fuck. Oh, he's in it. Uh, he's the guy with the eye patch. I will also remind you that that was in like 1992 when I saw it. Oh, God damn it, man. Get your shit together. Fuck. I'm not unwilling to watch it again. I just haven't had the chance to. I'll, I'll, I'll have to get you a copy of that box set. All right. Yeah. Yeah, shoot do that I'll, I'll watch all of them for sure oh they're all fucking they're all great in their own way i'm down i fucking love best of the best that movie's so good makes me so happy <laughs> you know what movie doesn't make me so happy warriors, warriors of, of virtue. virtue so after after that little fight is over the bad guys the bad guys failed constantly to kidnap ryan by the way because yun keeps yeah. on, keeps on fucking their shit up <laughs> every like- time well no and then uh master chung fucks grillo's shit up yeah yeah and he does it too oh man at this point though ryan finally he see, he, he sees yun and he's like oh shit you're yun right the other guys need you you should come back stop being a bitch and he's like i can't i can't do it i can't do it i'm gonna go and then he's like fine they were right about you they you, you just don't care you just don't care why are you fuck you and then i don't know what gets him to come back exactly does fucking nothing that's what <laughs> not a goddamn thing okay Does... this is another example i don't i've told you about the whole elf thing right like elf versus lego movie and why lego movie is one of the best kids movies ever and elf is one of the worst kids movies ever even though it's a fun movie to watch i will absolutely agree yes i do vaguely remember you telling me that though yes it's specifically because elf falls into that category that this one falls into too which is just it has a long and story history in Hollywood of lazy writers using it as an escape which is shaming people into being better versions of themselves (laughs) which doesn't fucking work and yet this is teaching kids that shaming people into becoming better versions of themselves (laughs) does work is it any wonder that people think you can go on Twitter throw a snide comment at Donald Trump and somehow it's going to affect things it also helps if the person that you're trying to get to change is not a sociopath that too but the thing is even if you're trying to get a non-sociopath to change you don't do it by calling him a little bitch which is basically what he does like he literally says wimp and then that's the point at which he jumps out of the woods and is like you've convinced me yun's like i don't know what that means but it sounded mean so let's go home (laughs) yeah it's like fuck you again this is one of those examples of nothing is earned yun turning around and having a change of heart is not earned nobody does anything to actually change him you know the way you actually get a person to change is by helping them realize that they want to be better people not by shit talking them into it you're right there should have been a better build i do like the moment though when yun comes back and he's like let's go i always love those those things it's fun. i would love it if yeah. it wasn't for the fact that that this is probably the most egregious example of this that I've ever seen. Like, there isn't even an attempt at trying to get him to change. It's just straight to shit-talking. Oh, and he doesn't even, he doesn't even, like, acknowledge it really. He's like, I'm back. Sorry. Yeah, and th- no, then he says, he says uh, Oh, Ryan, Ryan changed my Ryan mind. Ryan helped me. Yeah. yeah, Ryan changed my mind. He he helped me see. <laughs> like, no, he fucking didn't, you liar. I feel like this movie was really long, and they just... <laughs> had him cut out a bunch of stuff i bet there's a version of this movie that makes complete and total sense and it's two and a half hours long holy fuck can we get a director's cut ronnie you is still alive let's do this shit oh 
Jesus, I'm there. That's what the world needs. I am this there movie, for that. This movie doesn't even have a Blu-ray release yet. You think we're going to get a director's? Hey, you know what? Who knows? Maybe Shout Factory will pick it up, and we will get the we'll get the high def transfer and the director's cut. They've released fucking worse movies. Let me tell you. That's true. <laughs> that is definitely true. It's yeah. This isn't prestige cinema, but I kind of like it. I don't know. I'll probably enjoy it in the future when I have some intoxicants in my veins, or I can watch it with somebody and just mystery science theater it. Oh yeah, no, there's there's a lot to make fun of, which is what we're doing. So now Yun gets back and he's greeted by everyone except Lai, because Lai's a crabby shithead, and that's okay. The the wood guy with the virtue of order. He's got wood. He does he does have wood, and he gets he gets even harder wood when Shun's like, be nice, greet him, and she whips him in the butt with his with her tail, and he's like, ooh. <laughs> You just hear him moan oh so subtly. Where's my rule 43 for Warriors of Virtue? It's 34. 34, and I sorry. I guarantee you it's out there somewhere. <laughs> I was thinking movie 43. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Why would you ever think that? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen that movie. I saw one review of it by, I believe, Film Brain. Yeah, nope. Everything he says about it, I'm like, no, thank you, sir. And he's right. So now they learn also that Komodo has the manuscript. That's what Yun shows up and he's like, Komodo has the manuscript. And they all have those gruff voices, by the way. And they also learn that Ryan is the only one who can read it. And then I wrote, I also wrote, Yun is back so everybody can party. Do they party? Oh, that's right. They I guess. Do. Yeah. Everybody like, just loses their Yay! shit. How can they protect us if there's only four of them now? there's five we're fine i'll tell you what that is a populace that is radically emotional like they went from (laughs) literally screaming we're doomed (laughs) when we first met them to suddenly celebrating like there's no tomorrow just because (laughs) some fucking giant kangaroo walked back into town he is yun must be the fucking tommy of the warriors of virtue Because when Tommy's around and he leaves for five minutes, the other Rangers cannot do dick. You yeah, saw the you saw the movie. You saw both movies. It happens in both of them. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're, they're fucking useless without that guy. I cannot argue with you. So now we cut back to Komodo's lair, and there's that weird singing slave. He's like yodeling, kind of. Yeah. Uh, what the <laughs> fuck is with that? There's no connection to that anywhere else in the movie. They had some it's extra money in the budget. They're like, let's single do a thing. Sh- it's just one shot of this weirdly made-up monster <laughs> creature thing, whale singing, and then we just cut to Komodo. <laughs> we never revisit it. We never learn anything about that character they're just like like uh you ever see the dark crystal make me one of those and then it's like the walmart version of the dark crystal guys where the fuck did he come from i don't know i don't know then komodo's just kind of laying in this bed of his this bed of something all the other guys are trying to come up with ideas for something oh yeah grillo comes to him and he's like yeah we fucking failed again maybe we could do this thing and then komodo's like don't think thoughts (laughs) that's right Sure. Think thoughts. And then every time somebody says something, he's like, don't think thoughts. Then he yells, because this is his favorite thing to do. He says stuff really quiet, and then he screams at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> And I fucking love this guy so much. I'm so I'm so happy that this performance exists. The awful thing is, is that I have to recommend the listeners watch it if they haven't, just because his performance is so fucking ridiculous and awesome. The whole rest of the movie I cannot defend, but his performance is actually great. Oh, and it's cool to watch Wang Chi in the kitchen. Yeah, that's that. I mean, there's some martial arts goodness. Some of the martial arts are pretty good. Like I said, the work those guys are doing in those kangaroos 
Belarus suits is yeah. genuinely impressive. But but overall, like most of the movie, most of the movie is just awful. This guy, <laughs> he's like, I'll show you. He, he, he's he, he's like he's like John Goodman and fucking at the end of Barton Fink. I will show you the life of the mind. <laughs> like he has gone so fucking far into the camp and horror of the of quality of this movie <laughs> that he's come all the way around again and become amazing yeah so then everybody like gorilla's like well if this book can destroy you or can defeat us why don't we just destroy it and he's like it cannot be destroyed you can be destroyed the your armies can be destroyed but it cannot be destroyed i love his fucking uh, how he enunciates everything it's beautiful and so of course the book is destroyed well yeah only because ryan like rips a page out of it i don't really get it he doesn't just rip a page out of it he rips several pages out of it and then komodo shoots his fucking dick laser or whatever at it i can't even remember what it is and blows it the fuck apart so then i just thought it was funny that you know he's got this big the manuscript cannot be destroyed rant and then he's the one who fucking destroys the manuscript again you're looking for logic in this plot hole ridden (laughs) fucking movie you're Um, right i just need to lie back and enjoy angus mcfaden yes so he shoes everyone away except for grillo and this is the little this is the thing where he pulls him in and he's like we're about to mine the last life spring of all of its zubrium and without zubrium i can't stay young and you can't expect me to live in a place where i can't live forever can you and he's like no i guess i can't so they're gonna try to find someplace else but then just as grillo's about to leave again he's like general grillo does purple suit me then he's like very much and then he's like then komodo goes then you are then you are dismissed and it's it's really cute (laughs) they really like each other yes they do and then we cut back to the warriors trying to they're planning on sneaking into komodo's place to to steal the manuscript shun and lie are both like fuck that noise we can't all go then this then the life spring will be fucking fucking unguarded. unguarded also alicia walks up the stairs i'm pretty sure they just forgot to shoot her leaving because after they're done having this conversation <laughs> and making this plan it's just a reverse shot of her walking down walking back down the stairs i guess they just wound the fucking film backwards again i think it was all on purpose though because it adds some weird ethereal quality to the whole thing you are giving them way too much credit they just straight up forgot to do that shot <laughs> guaranteed so and also we get a we get a nice little moment between Yi and Ryan. Ryan's like, I'm going to come with you guys. And they're like, fuck that noise. And then Yi does his weird little sign language thing. And he's like, what did he say? He's like, you know, you need to be protected because you're a friend. And then he teaches him a handshake, which I thought was kind of a nice Which moment. is such, an, I such a 90s thing. It is such a 90s thing, but it was cute. I enjoyed that moment because they're becoming friends. It's so, it's fucking touching. God damn it. <sighs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what? I didn't say anything. <laughs> Um, now Mosley and Willie Beast, it's not fucking Willie Beast like I always thought it was for my whole life and I don't know why. They're charged with babysitting Ryan, but Mosley, he's like a rhino thing. You're right. Rocksteady and Bebop sort of. He's like meditating and he doesn't speak English. So Willie Beast is just like, you have bad breath. They're just being fucking assholes. <laughs> I like them though. They're fun. But they're terrible babysitters. They're terrible babysitters. And then we cut back to Komodo's place again. We're cutting back and forth doing all sorts of weird shit. And Alicia is there and she looks kind of reluctant. She's doing that thing where she's she's crying. She doesn't really want to be there at this point. But the he magic- says to her, you're guilt is disgusting or something like that yes that's almost i think that's exactly what he says your guilt is something something so she's she she cares about at least ryan but But not anymore not anymore because komodo gives her zubrium and she's all apparently that turns you into a fucking sociopath (laughs) 
she goes it gets a little little ridiculous okay in fairness like she does come around for ryan again so maybe she did genuinely care about ryan she just doesn't give a fuck about it about the warriors and everybody else apparently that's what i'm getting out of it yeah and i wrote down that komodo shoes everyone away when alicia gets there by going arg i don't remember exactly what sound he makes but that's what i wrote (laughs) down oh yeah and then they do that little dance around the room and he's like the newcomer is taking a liking to you and you care for him and she's like he's fallen under my spell god the dialogue is so bad The dialogue is not delightful. The performances are delightful. The dialogue is abysmal. Now Mosley and Willie Beast are fucking asleep, but Ryan wakes up and finds Yun's sword now, just kind of sitting under his bed for some reason. And then in walks the man from nowhere. Mudlap shows up and says that he has the manuscript. And he's like, give me something for my efforts. Oh, Ryan almost kills him, by the way. He grabs him. He's like, you tell me what you got, partner. And he actually says that. You tell me now, partner. I'm like, this kid's been Another watching too many John Another golden moment movies. of dialogue. Yeah, right? And then Mudlap goes, you know, once once he, once Ryan comes around, Mudlap goes, you know, hey, a little something for my efforts. And then Ryan hands him his digital watch. And he's like, it's a good watch. Like, it's not a good watch. It's just a fucking shitty digital watch. And then we get the shot of the broken anal beads again. <laughs> So apparently it was a premonition. Yeah, I always thought that was weird. That always bothered me. Master Chung was like, oh, no more happy time. And this is where Mudlap leads Ryan into a trap and it's General Grillo there. And then Chung stops Grillo. And I said with Kung Fu pressure point magic. Yeah, because he like pokes him with his jams cane. A, jams his cane into him and he just freezes. Something about goodness. It's in your heart. Yeah. Suffice to say, Master Chung is definitely trying to bring Grillo around, but uh, the dick's too good. <laughs> Must be. And he also, he's also getting Zubrium. Let's not forget that. That's true. That's going to be the name. Which of my apparently new- makes you a sociopath. That's going to be the name of my new band. I'm going to start like some weird noise rock band and I'm going to call it Zubrium and nobody's going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Literally no one. No, dude, you know what? We'll make a concept album and it'll just be the movie. <laughs> That sounds fucking awesome. I'm 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 gonna do it. Worst concept for an album. Or the best concept for an album. And the Razzie for worst concept album goes to Somebody else Zubrium. because this is the best fucking idea ever. I'll be right up there with Coheed and Cambria, okay? I mean somebody thought Warriors of Virtue was a good idea, so maybe you're right. Four doctors. They had lots of money and it was their fault. It was just all their fucking fault. That was what my son said the first time we watched it. He was like, wait, someone formed a production company for this piece of shit? Yes, the Law Brothers. <laughs> I was just gonna say that shitty bootleg DVD I got doesn't even have their logo at the beginning it just cuts straight into anal bead scene oh well nice. like from the menu just boom anal beads i do like some good anal beads i pray while i Who use doesn't? them sometimes well you have to say a prayer for each bead Ooh, my butthole's tickling right now <laughs> so we're back at komodo's place and three of the ruse are there to get the manuscript it's yi chi and yun and it's just kind of sitting there on this on this pedestal thing and chi is the wise one so he's like hey you guys maybe we don't touch that right now i think it should be mentioned that up to this point we haven't seen them have to go through anything to get here this is another moment oh no they where just nothing has show been up earned they just walk right in like yeah you're missing some good like action scenes of them fighting some guards and shit or 
stealth scenes of them avoiding guards, whatever, you know, that we sh there should have been a point A to point B to point C, at least let us know that they had to do something to get in here. So Yi's virtue is definitely not patience because he just kind of squeaks and just grabs <laughs> this thing. Again, Doug Jones is definitely the best of the five for sure. He is Doug Jones. He is fucking Doug Jones. That That is true. I, I even wrote, but Yi is like a child and just can't help himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, the truth yeah and as soon as that happens a bunch of fucking chains come down and grab them and hoist them up and they're just hanging there and that's when they figure out that alicia is working with komodo and yun's like alicia what the fuck and she's like what are you really that surprised yun Ooh, beautiful beautiful oscar worthy performance she is clearly enjoying her now mind you alicia is clearly enjoying herself marley shelton <laughs> is clearly just in this movie because she's pretty oh yeah oh yeah absolutely uh, and then the funny thing is the funny thing is she's not a bad actress down the road she will get better but in this movie she's just there as eye candy she says this line she goes enjoy your restitution does, does that make what does restitution mean restitution is repayment of a debt oh so i guess kinda all right or or perhaps it's repayment of a payment that has been earned oh the restoration of something lost or stolen to its proper owner recompense oh, for there you go. recompense for injury or loss okay so that i guess i guess it kind of makes sense given from what her we perspective yeah. they're all hanging there and barbarocious gets in komodo's face and he's like he, she tries to kiss him but he gets distracted i think by alicia and then fucking barbarocious gets pissed because oh no no she he doesn't get distracted by alicia he gets distracted by one of the warriors going calling his name and then they have a little fun conversation and then he fucking deep throats Alicia's tongue. Oh yeah, and then he does. Then he, then he does this thing. He's like, "You guys are going to be eaten by my very special guest Ryan Jeffers." And then he does his speech. I forgot about the speech. He's like, "I'm going to make kangaroo stew. You cut the meat up into fine little chunks, and you simmer it in righteousness <laughs> and all that shit." <laughs> It's a long list of all the ingredients and steps that need to be taken, but suffice to say, it culminates with, and, and I'm going, I'm and going I'm to. going to serve you to my special guest. When he's not there, Grillo walks out instead, and he's like, "Where's, where's the fucking kid?" And Grillo's like, "It was Master Chung." And then I love, I love, love, love the way Komodo pronounces it. He's like, "Chung." <laughs> <laughs> And then he's like, all right, so I'm going to go do this thing and I'm going to enjoy your life spring for dessert. And then Yun goes, no. And then Komodo goes, yes. <laughs> I spent the whole time smiling because it was so fucking stupid. Oh my God. For Komodo's part, I can understand that. <laughs> And then we learn a little bit of backstory about Grillo and the, how he used to be friends with the Ruse, but now he's dropping them down pits to die and shit. We get the teensiest bit. A little we, bit. We, yeah. we get a glimpse. Like I said, there's a whole hour of this movie that's on the cutting room floor somewhere. Ronnie, you give it to me. I'm okay without it. I, I really don't need well, it. Well, your opinion doesn't mean dick, so fuck off. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a very angry young man. I can't help it. I, it's because I watch movies like this all the time. Yeah, uh, I can understand getting angry after watching this. <laughs> um, so the ruse fall down this pit, and now we cut to them. They're surrounded by all these blades and shit, and Yun is just barely holding on by this thread, literally by a thread, dangling over the abyss by a fucking thread. And eventually Yi gets so freaked out. Oh, by the way, his his love of his little ring is there again. He's like holding on to it by his foot, and they're like, let it go, man. It's 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 going to be fine. But then it's they all 
thing he didn't. Yeah, right. As they fall, they all they all fall, obviously, and then he kicks it down to do something with it. I don't know what his idea was initially, but then they all they barely catch Yi by his fucking tail, and then he grabs the ring because it's falling back down again. Oh, well, he, it, he it kicks bounced it down off. And, yeah. Oh, I guess we should say for the uh, for the sake of the listener, not only are there blades jutting out from the sides of this shaft, but there's also like a blender blade spinning <laughs> down at the bottom of it above a pit of fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, they're, they're fucked if they fall down here. So he throws his little metal ring down there and it bounces off the blender blade and shoots up past them back towards the top of the shaft again. And that's the point at which they fall and they catch uh, Yi by his tail and continue. Just as they're all about to die, Yi grabs the fucking ring because it did bounce off the blades prior to them actually making it all the way down there and then he throws it and it fucking stops the fucking spinny blades well i think what ends up happening is he gets it to catch two of the smaller blades like like it encircles them and they're pulling against each other so they get stuck yes thank you and that just stops the whole fucking thing i guess but there's a tunnel down there and they get out and you get stuck because he's a fucking dumbass just like winnie the pooh and i'm like he's not fat like (laughs) there's never any mention of him being fat this was just this is the only like comedy bit of the movie like the only part that was like written and shot be like oh kids funny haha speaking of which um if you want to turn the movie into a comedy i recommend watching it on one and a half speed because suddenly all the action and all the dialogue and everything becomes slapstick (laughs) oh my god oh on my second viewing i watched the last quarter of the movie at 1.5 speed because i had like 30 or 40 minutes to go and it was 25 minutes until i told you we would start the podcast yeah god damn it I flipped it to 1.5 speed, and I gotta say, it improved the movie for me. So, Komodo soldiers are invading the life spring. We'll get to that later. We learn about Kung. Kung is this thing, and it's Master Chung talking to Ryan about it. And Kung is like, you can have, it's like the force. You can have the light side or the dark side, positive or negative. I'm assuming that's the root of Kung Fu. Uh, it's not. It has, I looked it up, it's fucking nothing. What? <laughs> God damn it, they fooled me. Yeah, I know. So, in the midst of this conversation, Chung just kind of like gets a real distant look in his eyes and he looks at Ryan and goes when I tell you to run you run because Komodo shows up because he just he's getting fucking irritated because none of his fucking henchmen can get anything right they tried three goddamn times to get Ryan and failed each time So now Komodo shows up and Ryan has never seen him before. And that, that's kind of interesting, right? And he's like, who the fuck's that? And he's like, that's Komodo. Run. So Ryan runs. We get it. We get and some... Ryan fucks it up because he fucks it up every single time he's given an instruction. Yes. He, he gets stuck on his way out, of course. But oh, no, no, he, he does not. He actually does run away for a second. But we do get uh, some cool fight stuff between Chung and Komodo. There's some good. And, uh, you know, Angus McFadden turns into a Chinese man for a minute because you can kind of see his face, especially <laughs> especially in HD. Yeah, uh, I gotta say that uh, the choice to strategically keep his hair over his face <laughs> the whole time he's using the sword is kind of hilarious. That's good. It's good stuff. It makes me happy. Ryan does manage to kind of escape for a second, then Barbarocious fucking comes down and jumps on him. But then he shoves mud in her mouth, and then it works. <laughs> she, she leers at him like she's gonna tongue kiss him, <laughs> and he says, "Eat this sucker!" Um, and I and then we cut back to Komodo and Chung, and I said, "Komodo pulls a giant penis or sword out of nowhere." <laughs> 
uh, Ryan comes back. Now, Ryan, like, he escapes, and then he's like, oh, I guess I'm gonna go back for some fucking reason. And then he's like, Chung! Ah! And then Komodo goes right after fucking Ryan, but Chung gets in the way, and then Komodo kills his ass. So, this is Ryan's first brush with death. He sees this motherfucker get his face sliced in half, basically. If it was an R-rated movie, that's exactly what would happen. Instead, we just get a, a line of makeup blood across his face. Yeah, uh, but then... Which, second- honestly, for a PG movie is a lot i'm this like i said this movie's fucking dark kind of i'm shocked this isn't a pg-13 movie it would be now same movie pg-13 guaranteed honestly in 1997 i would have thought this would be a pg-13 movie oh really oh well maybe yeah i mean remember robot jocks they had to edit out that bloodshot from uh not sammo hung's suicide <laughs> not or long. you know fake suicide oh god i have not really watched that movie off. since we did that oh fuck i need to do that again oh um, man you know what i found out uh shout factory did release a version of they it they did it's, oh it's, it's out of print gone. and it is not cheap it's like 60 bucks if you want to get a copy that's not as bad as i was thinking it would be but i don't know it's it, it's not the worst i've seen but it's also like 60 bucks it's I don't need it that bad. Robot jocks. Yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll watch it half a dozen more times. That's ten bucks a pop. Yeah, right. No shit. Fucking a. Uh, so so Komodo crawls over to Chung real quick, and he goes, "Answer me this. I am in hell. How do I get out?" And then, (laughs) which is weird. That's such a weird thing. I'm like, what is going on here? Again, this is confirmation. This is the land of the dead. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you. You're you're actually starting to make way more sense as I'm thinking about this. And then Chung goes, (laughs) The only hills in this world are in your heart. Yeah. Which actually isn't isn't a bad line. Like that's that's pretty good. It's a shame it doesn't fucking go anywhere. (laughs) No shit. So now the soldiers the soldiers are really attacking. The fucking two warriors who are left are doing their best, but they're way outnumbered. But there's some there's some cool action set pieces, but they get they get their asses kicked. Yeah, they're not winning this one. They hold their own. Then there's only fucking two of them. They're the only ones fighting. Well, I guess uh, Mosley and Willie Beast kind of get some shit in there, but <laughs> Willie Beast fucking dives <laughs> off the bridge <laughs> and face plants. Yes, he tries. Give him credit. <laughs> he tries. Which is a, you know, fun little bit of comedy. You see, it's not just one little bit of comedy in there. There's there's more than one. But they backloaded it into the second half of the movie. <laughs> that's that's fair. So Ryan is now in Komodo's lair and Elise is there and she's all looking all sexy in her purple in her purple fucking dress. She's a good, she's look, a good she's looking, a good looking woman. chick, yeah. And I said, "But Ryan isn't about that Komodo life." <laughs> This is the scene where I was like, how the fuck is she going to high road him on this after spear in the back? <laughs> no shit. No shit. We find out that Yun actually killed Alicia's brother in this scene. But then Komodo comes in and he's like, you know, you're going to read this book. And I, you know, I know, I know what you think when you look at me. You think that I am like you. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> And then he says stuff that I think he intends to be seductive, but it ends up being incredibly terrifying where he's like, I'm your future. I'm what you could be. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Psycho (laughs) dressed like Barney. Thanks. A goddamn lunatic. (laughs) And he's like, we'll go home with your new leg. And he gets really Scottish for a second. (laughs) And Ryan, surprisingly enough, can't read the fucking book grillo shows up in the midst of this while komodo's waiting for ryan to read the book and he's just like okay go away <laughs> and he waves his hand <laughs> and it makes me so happy he's so fun but then ryan can't read the book and komodo's like well what the fuck does it say and then ryan goes here's your pg reading 
people. This is, this is what you... <laughs> Ryan says, shit happens. And then everybody's like, shit happens. And Alicia's like, shit happens. And then Komodo goes, shit. And then Ryan's like, happens. And then Komodo goes, shit happens. And they say shit like a thousand times in this line. <laughs> It's so gratuitous. <laughs> and then Komodo runs right up into him in his face. And he's like, you can't read it, can you? Can you? Ah! And then he tries to, he, he goes after Ryan. He's like mustering up this power to fucking kill Ryan. And then Alicia whips in again, kind of a weird kung fu epic magic sort of way. She whips yep. her like part of her dress at Komodo and like grabs his hand. And then from out of nowhere, she just takes a big, she just gasps and then drops down dead. And Barbarocious is fucking behind her with blood all over her fucking claws again pg movie yes this is so this is so beyond the pale for a pg movie and then and then komodo fucking uh he likes alicia a lot i think probably more than barbarocious i wouldn't be able to pick between the two because they're both hot he just does his magic screamy thing and then she he kills her yeah the first time i watched it through i thought he just like knocked her out but no he fucking kills her she never shows up again yeah no she's totally dead yeah ryan escaped Mosley and Willie Beast, help me or whatever. And then they kick some ass for a second. They basically run interference for him. And, yeah. su- and suddenly it turns into a football game with Ryan yep. as the star quarterback. That's a pretty good moment. I think it's kind of fun. It's c- kind of more what the movie should have been. That's that's what the tone of the movie should have been the whole time. I don't know. Not Maybe. a bunch of people Maybe fucking if- dropping dead and getting murdered right in front of a 12 year old. <laughs> Maybe if they just leaned into that a little bit more. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this movie is a little too dark for being about anthropomorphic kangaroos. Oh, yeah. No, you think? (laughs) Um, So we have a funeral for Chung and Young. I I wrote down that Young kisses the anal beads. It's getting gratuitous now. You're right. (laughs) Um, But this is the scene that I wanted to talk about because this really bothered me, especially now that I have kids that I actually give a shit about. Um, Okay. Ryan is in the forest having a fucking mental breakdown and he's like he's crying he's freaking out let now we're assuming that he's actually here and this is real and it's not actually hell or whatever and he's just crying and he's freaking out and he's like i don't want to i don't want to see death i don't want to do this i'm like jesus that is fucking scary i never thought of that as a kid he is freaking out he just saw two people three people he saw three people fucking die just now yeah it's his acting in it is really good like Granted, you know, it's a little hammy, but honestly, kids, when they're in that much emotional distress, seem a little hammy. Like it, like if you watch it, you know, if you saw what they do on screen, you'd be like, that's a little over the top. Yeah. But given the circumstances, yeah, I get it. And no, kids, I, I actually yeah. think he did a, a really good job in that scene. Yeah. No, like this kid's an actually decent actor, but I, you know, hey, Mario Yadidia, come on the show, man. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll do an interview with you. And I'm down. I'll watch Jack again. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, I'm having second thoughts about this invite. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The movie's not that good. Uh, Under Wraps is cool, though. Alright, maybe we'll do that one then. <laughs> so, Mudlap shows up in the midst of Ryan's little breakdown and Mudlap's like, hey man, take this watch. It'll make you feel better. And he's like, watch. Get out of here, you little two-foot creep, he calls him. And I wrote down, Ryan's got a fucking nerve on him, mark- mocking the man from nowhere for being short when he's about <laughs> the size of a kindergartner. <laughs> Up. This is the wake up call that Ryan needs. He needs to he needs to man up. He needs to grow some fucking balls and not worry about the two people 
the three people that he saw get fucking murdered right in front of him. Mudlap walks away. He leaves the watch, by the way. He walks away and goes, the ruse needs your help. And then I wrote down, we cut to them fucking, the bad guys searching the life spring for the, for the manuscript. And Grillo says, search harder. Leave no crevice unexplored. I just thought. (laughs) (laughs) I felt that needed to be mentioned. (laughs) This movie's just teeing it up for the 12 year olds. (laughs) It really is. And by 12-year-olds, I mean us. <laughs> oh, man. And then Ryan shows up at the Temple Ruins to hang out with the Ruse. He seems kind of not okay. Oh, okay. So the Ruse all, they're like, okay, we need to we need to fucking do this. Like, this, this would be, this is kind of that cool epic scene that you need in a movie like this when everybody's kind of defeated, but the, but the heroes rise up and they're like, we're going to do this. Except in this movie, we kind of get that. But then one of the warriors hands Yun his sword and he's like you know why not and then we cut back to ryan and he goes no and then nothing fucking why (laughs) for when did this movie come out 1997 uh for 24 years that line has been bugging me more than anything else in this movie ryan's no yeah like i get that he knows that he probably killed alicia's brother but at the same time he's like he knew yun killed somebody and he was still like hey man you got to come back you got to fight with your friends and fucking save save the life spring and now he's like no don't fight and save the life spring and if you do just do it with your hands i don't really know <laughs> So that's my biggest issue with the movie. There's wow, that. Like, honestly, I didn't even notice he said it. Like, at this point, I was so not invested in this story at all that I was just like, when the fuck are we going to get another fight scene? Right now, almost. The warriors show up and they're like, oh, no, <laughs> Komodo is there in, like, Master Chung's kind of throne area. And now we get the fucking warriors, the actual warriors reference. Uh, yeah, he's like, warriors, come out and play. And so, I'm, and I just wrote down, who the fuck is this guy? Why does he know what a touchdown is? Why does he know what the warriors are? I don't know if he actually knows. I think that was just, like... Like the filmmakers going like tee hee hee. I'm telling you, it's because he died in the real world and this is the afterlife, but he's been here for so long and he's in a state of arrested development, so he's going mad. This is this is a part of the afterlife that you're supposed to move through, not remain in eternally. Oh, you know what? I like it. Again, there's an hour of this movie fucking missing, maybe, maybe it's there. <laughs> so then he turns himself there's some magic for you. He turns himself into, <laughs> he turns into five of himself. I don't know why I wrote it that way. Each of the warriors takes one and we get, this is some of the, some of the good Kung Fu shit. It's everybody's, See, everybody gets their business. It's cool. I'm going to actually disagree with you on this one. There's nothing wrong with the fight choreography. The fight choreography is very good. The problem with this scene is you have five identical versions of Komodo fighting five warriors who all kind of look like each other <laughs> and and you're cutting back and forth between them rapidly without giving any one fight a chance to breathe or you know intertwining them in a logical way consequently it just looks like the same fight but like people are changing like the kangaroos they fucked up the costumes between cuts um yet you are actually kind of right and i they save like the really focused one for the end of the fight because I wrote down that Yun barely shows up in that fight. He's barely there. It's just the other four until he finally actually gets gets his own little fight with Komodo later. Like honestly, from this point in the movie through the whole rest of the time that we spend in uh, uh, Tao, it's all that janky slow mo. <laughs> 
it's so weird. It's like all this stuff would be cool if it wasn't shot with like Vaseline on the lens. Also. Well, the thing is, is what it is, is it's shot. It's slow-mo at normal speed. Oh, you, you know, you know yeah. You know, I did not think of that, but that is exactly what it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's very strange. And I think the way they probably achieved it is by like slowing it down to like 12 frames per second, but playing it at normal speed, you know, so like you get extra long exposure on every single frame, you get twice the exposure. So you get more motion blur and stuff and it's more janky and there's more, you know, stutteriness between, between frames, but it also plays back at normal speed. Oh, that's weird. You're right. Yeah. We cut back to Ryan and he's fucking freaking out and crying because you know he's again he saw three people get murdered and then we hear master his, chung and his he, trauma is understandable oh yeah yeah then we hear master chung talking to him i can't remember what he says but either way ryan is like he opens his eyes and he can read the fucking book because he's like he's basically like doing the doing the back to the future thing where he's like why aren't you starting and slamming his head into the fucking thing until it starts and this is the perfect moment where he could have in the hands of an actual writer had a moment of growing as a character but instead master chung just gives him the fucking he he just reveals the book and ryan doesn't learn dick nope he learns that five is one positive kung yes i remember this um to take a life you lose a part of yourself yes <laughs> that's never going away that's fucking steel trap up in my head there <laughs> i'm glad you got the important <laughs> shit now in the midst of the fight between yun and komodo Komodo kind of gets his ass kicked a little bit, but then, then he drops to his knees and he tries to get Yun to kill him. <laughs> and I said, Komodo tries to get Yun to kill him, but he won't because Batman or something. <laughs> when Yun won't kill him they go back to fight and then Yun apparently has a fucking laser gun on his sword he like pulls this little trigger and a fucking laser shoots out of it and okay. he says he says eat this and then kills him everybody thinks it's fine it's okay it's good but then and because all, all the Komodos disappear and then who shows up Master Chung shows up which honestly only the nine-year-olds in the audience didn't see where that was going yeah this part's actually kind of scary though <laughs> i think especially for the little kids because you know yun walks up to him and he's like master you know you're dead or whatever and then chung basically he's like what the fuck are you doing why are you here you shouldn't have come back you're you're a disgrace and he's like i'm sorry and then he's like you know what you can do for me you can go to hell <laughs> fucking grabs him by the throat and then it cuts back and it's komodo but that part that's fucking scary dude because you, you grow to you kind of like you're comfortable around this old man who seems gentle and nice and then he tells you to go to hell in that creepy growly voice yeah you you take a really safe character and then turn him into the bad guy for a second it's yeah i could see that being fairly unsettling for a small child yeah i was gonna say particularly for little kids but then ryan shows up and he tears up the book and he's like guys five is one positive kung do it now and they just which they just know what like they immediately understand exactly what that means yeah they're what? like the medallions i'm like which okay okay what <laughs> fucking medallions the medallions that they've had around their necks the entire time but never referenced once yeah the medallions <laughs> that have never been mentioned before during this movie at all give me a fucking break you cannot pull that shit that deus ex machina shit at the 11th hour and expect me to just be okay with that 
Fuck you, the writer. Yeah. Uh. So the medallions do some magic shit. That makes no goddamn sense. They just create an evil dead vortex. Well, yeah. And Komodo goes for Ryan and tries to kill him with whatever magic blasty thing. Ryan kind of blows back and fucking whatever. He might be dead. Who cares? Well, he blows the book to shit. And he blows the book up. Yeah. But Ryan managed to rip apart, rip it apart, and save the page. The page is fa- the f- 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 the page that he ripped out is safe. At least one. But yeah, he rips out a few, doesn't he? I don't know what these medallions actually do. They do the Captain Planet thing. They're like, earth, water, fire, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that's straight out of Captain Planet. (laughs) And then it turns Komodo... It just, like, fucks fucks Komodo up real good. Well, it opens up an evil dead portal, and then suddenly Komodo, like, turns bright yellow, like something out of the lawnmower man is consuming him, (laughs) and and then he disappears. Yeah, just poof, just gone. And then Yi apparently walked away at some point, because he comes back into the scene carrying Ryan. But Ryan's not dead because, you know, it's a kid movie. You can't kill the kid. You can kill all the adults and the kid can be the kid can be traumatized by that and he can almost <laughs> die, but he can't actually die until he dies until he dies at the beginning of the movie. Probably you're probably right. I get it. And then he dies right now. He's just about to die. Oh, fuck. You're right again. Um, I mean, that, he disappears, but he dissolves into fairy dust. What the fuck do you think that <laughs> is? That is the Tao version of dying. I wrote down that I don't think the filmmakers know that wise doesn't necessarily mean smart. <laughs> That's probably true. Because they're they're all standing over Ryan and one of them hands Chi the folded up or the crumpled up page and he opens it up and he can read it for some reason. So I don't know what the fuck. But then he's he reads it and he's like, oh, that's what happened. He saw that when Komodo tried to kill him, he expended all of his energy. And blah, blah. I'm like, OK, again, wisdom does not equal intelligence necessarily. <laughs> So he's not, he, they're trying to make him the Donatello of the group and it's not fucking working. No. I like him. Cheese fun. And he does, does cool stuff with his fire whip thing. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, they're all interchangeable at this point. The only difference is, you know, the accoutrement. And Yi can't talk. And Yi has the most personality because he's fucking Doug Jones. Yeah. Honestly, he did have the most personality because he actually had to present himself physically. Yeah. Which takes effort. Never said a goddamn word. Well, not never. He says word in a couple minutes here but yeah. <laughs> uh the army surrenders and komodo shows up as a normal dude it's super fucking weird and he's just like hi how do i how do i how do i get home and they're like there's you room are. on team rad yeah exactly he's like you are home and i'm like dude this guy just murdered your fucking dad essentially you're gonna you're not gonna be like oh he's a normal guy let's fuck him up i think that's the you know that i think that's that, the point i know yeah it's like it, it, it's that enlightened attitude of you know like it's not the person that's evil it's the you evil know that's the, evil. the like evil is like this separate entity and and it has to be driven out and then the person can be redeemed. Okay, fine. And then the life spring comes to life for some reason. I don't really understand why it comes to life. Wasn't it alive already? That's why Komodo wanted it. Hence life spring. Yeah, exactly. Right? Whatever. Anyways, yeah, we're almost know. done. We're almost done with this piece of shit. This piece of shit that I actually kind of <laughs> like because it's fucking ridiculous. The logic's not too tight on this yeah, one. Yeah, no. Uh, but Yi speaks for the first time. He says thank you and then and then they're like oh my god ye talked and then they kind of start to do the handshake and then and then ryan and then ryan fucking dies yeah let's just say he disappears and then ye and then ye goes ryan and then we're back on earth we're back in the real world and we've skipped backwards in time so that's why i'm telling you this is a parallel earth ryan is dead in the other earth but his spirit has jumped to a parallel dimension where he is now bonded with the 
the Ryan spirit of this world and imbued it with his wisdom earned in death. So he has to quantum leap himself to not do something stupid right now. Basically. And so he he decides, he's like, ah, fuck it. He throws the paint can in the in the water and then he gets off of there. And then, oh, and then, you know, Ryan gets his ass off the pipe. Ra- Brad now is stuck on the other side because the pipe does break because that thing fucking, you know, it it breaks and the water comes out. Oh, and and uh, let's make like Tom and Cruise and fucking, fucking makes it come back again. <laughs> because, again, super clever. And I also wrote down that these motherfuckers turned on each other quick, not five fucking minutes ago in this world. <laughs> they were like, oh, you're so cool, man. Don't fall. <laughs> Ryan, do it. And he's like, call somebody, you fucking sissies. Call somebody. C- help me out. And then the other guy, one of the guys like, swim hard, Brad. And then they just walk away. They're done. Yeah, seriously. If it wasn't for the fact that Ryan and Chucky agreed to call 911, <laughs> yeah, he'd yeah. be dead. When I was a kid, I always thought he was totally dead because the water got him and that really fucked fucked me up. And then I'm, I realized I'm like, oh no, he just <laughs> he just can't get back across. He's fine. Yeah, he's he's just stuck over there until uh until the authorities come get him. What was that 911 call like? Okay. All right, go to this tunnel. Now you're gonna walk into the tunnel a long way. Then you're gonna go down a manhole. Then you're gonna go across three bridges. And then you can take a left and a right and a left and a right. And then there's this weird whirlpool thing right on the other side of that. Right? Where is this fucking place? Good lord. That's why he ended up in the in, in Tau. That's fucking it's the center of the earth. Oh shit. That's what Tau is. This is Jules Verne. This is Jules Verne. We were watching the movie wrong the whole time. Tau is the center of the earth, and yet it's it's so sh- it's so shallow that you can access it by going down a water funnel and not drowning on the way. Yes. You couldn't get dragged to the bottom <laughs> of a small bay without drowning on the way. <laughs> um, I'm going to argue that you absolutely can because they were already down so far. They crawled into a manhole. Come on. <laughs> they were down 50 <laughs> feet tops. Let's bring it home, motherfucker. Speaking of bringing it home, we're back home and mom's home, but Ryan's in his bed and he's sleeping, I guess. How can you sleep after even hallucinating that? Like... <laughs> Well, you got to remember, uh, the physical form he's now inhabiting has been awake all day and is fatigued. Okay, fair enough. She checks on him in, in his room and he wakes up and he's like, Mom, hey, what's up? And she's like, how was your night? And he goes, virtuous. <laughs> And I used to think when I was a kid that his mom legitimately sold 12 houses. When I'm realizing now, she was just being sarcastic. And she was sucking yeah. 12 dicks. She was making like a circus seal. You're right. I'll, yep. I'll, I'll give you that one. I was, was going to give her the benefit of the doubt and be like, took 12 inches. <laughs> like, hey, hey, you know, why why not give mom the, you know, the fantasy? I just wanted to make the circus seal joke <laughs> that I stole from clerks. And then we get the cheesiest <sighs> fucking line in movie history. Mom, I love you. Ugh. She's like... <laughs> And she, like, hesitates, and she's like, yeah, you fucking weirdo, I love you too, I guess. She does give him a weird look, like, what the (laughs) fuck is wrong with you? Like, her kid just told her, I love you. Yeah, apparently he doesn't do that often. I guess not. And Bravo growls and at the cocoon that fucking mysteriously found its way onto Ryan's windowsill again. And I said, Ming has boundary issues, I see. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he does. We close on Ryan and Bravo hanging out and doing the handshake and he's like hey bravo you want to hear about tau the end the end credits and i wrote down my last note is that i also fucking love that the same company that did rocky totally released this movie what <laughs> wait what mgm oh seriously oh yeah oh yeah, yeah that's right yeah because the because the u.s dvd was an mgm so that's it man that's warriors of virtue uh weird fucking 
time capsule. Is it a time capsule? It's a weird fucking movie from 97. Nothing else in 97 was doing what this movie is doing. Shit got strange. I mean, that. I guess that is the greatest compliment I can pay this movie, is no one else was doing this. There's no interviews. There's nobody talking about this movie. I would really love to get some insider knowledge of this, like why it ended up the way it did. I'm super curious, because I feel like there is a good movie in here somewhere. What are your final final thoughts on this movie now that we've my talked f- about it and we let it out my final thoughts fuck you <laughs> those are my final thoughts <laughs> you made me endure this shit <laughs> yeah. oh god damn it's gonna get weirder we're gonna do the sequel next week no, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding i'm just kidding please no i don't have that in me you might like it better because it's way cheesier because it's got a lower budget and the guy's name is kevin smith and everybody's doing karate and the and the and the acting is terrible i watched one scene from it on youtube because i was just curious i haven't seen it in years but uh my final thoughts hard to formulate them for this movie this movie's fucking strange it's 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 too weird like i said i feel like there is a good movie somewhere in this ball of weird non i can't even fucking form words i kind of like it but not because it's good it's definitely a nostalgia thing i remember getting this on christmas morning with a 12 pack of surge and i just fucking (laughs) oh my god that is 90s right there (laughs) specifically that late 90s thing because yeah yeah surge (laughs) oh yep I remember this morning. Wow. Yeah, n- yeah. I think it was the same year I got my wait, 90 was it? It might have been the same year that I got my Nintendo 64. Was that 96 or 97? I don't remember. Uh 64 was 97. Okay, so yeah, it was the same year that I got my fucking Nintendo 64 then. <laughs> Well, Surge is holiday colors. So, Warriors of Virtue, Surge, and Nintendo 64. Boy, it doesn't get more late 90s than that. (laughs) So, this movie has some good memories. And just watching it over the years, it's one of those movies that I liked and that I didn't like. Just like several movies that I fucking... But now I'm old and I can appreciate the weirdness for what it is. Just a weird movie made by people who had no fucking idea what they were doing. Except for Ronnie Yu. I imagine he didn't have a whole lot of say in the story elements here. Yeah, probably. Probably not. Um, yeah, the writing the writing crew on this just there's a special place in Tao for them. I'm always a fan of these weird fucking movies from when I was a kid. I need it is them definitely that. Yes, it really, really is. So I'm glad you I'm glad you went on this journey with me. I'm glad we talked about. I don't it for know three if hours. I am or not. I no, you are. <laughs> will the, the long term trauma of this remains to be seen. Oh yeah. Let me see if I if I totaled up five good things. The ability of the stuntmen in the suits to do martial arts in those suits is genuinely impressive. Angus McFadden is fucking amazing. The set design is very good. As you said, it really looks like a set, but in a good way. Marley Shelton is hot. And God, um, <laughs> Can I find a fifth one? Um, Yeah, okay, all right. Dennis Dunn, a.k.a. Ming, despite not belonging in this movie, (laughs) manages to be very enjoyable to watch yes yeah you cannot forget wang chi man all right that's it i gave you five i gave you five good things about this movie that's good so that's a little precursor to something we're planning for the patreon the shit list where we watch a movie that sucks and we have to name fucking five good things about it at least at least one of us has to think it sucks and then we well talk about it that way if ever we've had a preview of what a shit list episode will be like this is it because jesus fucking christ but i think that's good 
to do it. So why don't you follow us on some social media on everything at the Shark Pod? AudibleTrial.com slash Hollywood is something that we're still doing. You can get your fucking audiobooks. And again, I'm not supposed to swear when I talk about it, but I don't think anybody cares because nobody's <laughs> doing it anyways. Listen to some books. You're just determined to get us kicked off of that. Yeah, yeah. Listen to choreography. Listen to the fucking disaster artist. Listen to whatever the hell you want. But, you know, you get your first one free. So there you go. Definitely listen to either choreography or the disaster artist. Those are the two that we're going to like just name all the time, I guess. Till the day I die. <laughs> AudibleTrial.com slash Hollywood. And hey, we're still doing our 2021 the 13th on Patreon. We have something planned for next year, too. When we're we're going to I'm going to I might uh, make the rev do two two Patreon episodes every month. Oh, boy. Oh, I don't, um, don't, don't know. If you also, <laughs> if you are a first time listener or, you know, just started recently and you want to get a taste of what's on the Patreon, you can go back and listen to the first Friday the 13th episode we did. It's on the regular page. Yeah, you can do that. And you can hear me fucking not know what the hell I'm doing, because that's just kind of the name of the game in this show. <laughs> I do think the subsequent episodes get a little bit better. <laughs> But I gotta be, I gotta level with you. I haven't listened to them since I edited them, so I don't know for sure. My rating system is super arbitrary because I don't really, intellectually, I don't know how that stuff even would work. You know what I mean? I cannot fucking wrap my head around that kind of stuff. So head on over to <laughs> patreon.com slash sharks across Hollywood and pay for the privilege of listening to our lack of professionalism. Well, no, you're very professional about it. Me, I'm just like, yeah, that was cool, blood, and three out of five. Fuck it. <laughs> three out of five, whatever dick joke I can think of i wish i was funnier because then i'd have a dick joke for everyone i'm sure dickjokes.com has something you could load up your arsenal with (laughs) steal jokes from the internet uh hey uh we'll be back in a couple weeks until then stay jawsome